0: podcast is brought to you by uh, 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 here we go. Everybody be cool this is a rubbery I need you cool.
1: You, cool? you cool. Are you cool?
0: Are you gonna bark all day, little doggy, or are you gonna bite? Oh,
1: I'm sorry, did I break your concentration?
0: Get it up to my bitch. I'm a killer. I'm a murdering bastard, you know that? And there are consequences to breaking the heart of a murdering bastard. You really only need to hang mean bastards. Mean bastards, you need to hang.
2: You hear me talking, Hillbilly boy? I'm gonna get medieval on your
0: ass. You're the of this! Nah, I don't think so. More like chewed out. I've been chewed out before. Hey, is everybody okay? The fucking hippies aren't. That, that's that's goddamn tool. Kill white folks
2: and they tell you for
0: it. It's not the life. Starting to see pictures, ain't you? Well, gentlemen, you have my curiosity. But now you have my attention. Welcome back, all you inglorious pastors, to the Church of Tarantino podcast. I'm your host, the Reverend Scott K, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to our seventh installment of Under the Influence. Where each month during our second season, myself along with my special guests. We'll be taking an inquisitive look at two films that influenced Tarantino to see if he just referenced them in his films or blatantly ripped them off. Our seventh film that we will be placing under the microscope this month is the second half of Tarantino's fourth film, the Kung Fu Samurai Western revenge flick, Kill Bill Volume 2. And the films that we will be reviewing this month are Francois Truffaut's revenge film, The Bride Wore Black, and Alex Fridolinski's rape revenge film, Thriller, A Cruel Picture. But before we get this investigation underway, it is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the owner of Scareflare Records, co-host of the Splatterhouse Podcast, Mr. Sean Wheeler, and my heterosexual life mate and co-host on the Cheeky Bastard Podcast and dropping a Bruce, Mr. Steve Smith. Welcome back, gentlemen, and may Tarantino be with you always. This is the most surly, cynical group of men put together since the first and sequel to Grumpy Old Men. I do believe we could start a podcast in a couple of years and we just call it the Grumpy Old Fucks. And I think we'd uh, we'd have it. If people could see the visual I have in front of me, it is not a pretty sight. Ooh. This is not a Mount Rushmore of beauty. I'm just going to say we look old. We look like we are Waldorf and Statler and maybe Statler's British friend. <laughs> limey Lenny's is part of the fucking crew. <laughs> the wine, the winey lime is. Oh, gentlemen, dead. as always it's fun you two helped me close out my first season on the Django Unchained 10th anniversary special because Petros Pet was sick or was blowing Renfield, something like that. He hasn't got time for us. He hasn't got time for us. He's
1: podcasting royalty.
0: Yeah, exactly. He can reach out when he wants to do a podcast with us. Uh, but if we ask him to story. do something with us, he's like, oh, go well, fuck yourself over there. Did he yeah. have a sniffle or something? I think he did. I think he <laughs> had the. I've got a sniffle. <laughs> something, yeah. <laughs>
2: that's,
0: like, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so, gentlemen, we're here to talk about two films that are kind of brought up a lot when it comes to this film, and they are both very interesting films, and I think we're going to have a very fun discussion, and I know how one of you feel and how the other one feels about how that person feels about it, and I'm looking forward to this. Is there anything in the world of your curmudgeonly journeys that we need to talk about? I do believe Sean and I have talked quite a bit in Kill Bill. So I don't need to ask him anymore about his upcoming records and shit because everyone knows about him at this point. Mr. Smith, we don't talk about this in our podcast enough. Last time you were on, which I was back in Reservoir Dogs territory. It's been a minute since you've been on this podcast. Have you finally released? I took it out of your bio. Are you still doing anything with the Way Past School podcast or can we officially... You know what? You're making me work so hard. I'm just had asking, had you said back then, six I months ago, I that said, you were going to reverse it.
1: I, I know what all I right. said, but I just haven't had time. All right, that's perfectly fine. A, dro- dropping a Bruce. Absolutely. bastards. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're way, more, they're way the better time.
0: than this musical old man, Jared. All those Bruce Willis movies, he doesn't have time. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> time. You, do you know, do you know the slog of some of those movies have been? Let me oh, tell you, sir.
2: Absolutely,
0: and um, the butt as bad as listening to that podcast. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 all right. oh, all right, all right, all right, That's fine. That's fair. I think I'm we're starting kidding. to. I think we're narrowing down who Ernest T. Bass oh, is for those me. of you who follow us uh, on the Cheeky Bastards. It's not. That, me. That,
1: I'm not. I'm not even mentioning that name anymore. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I hope he dies.
0: So neither of you have anything new. Good. So Sean is moving across the country, moving to Missouri. Missouri. I don't know if that was well thought out, but he'll figure that out once he gets there. And you are basically just working and doing the podcast. And Way Past Cool is way past dead. It's done. So it's never dead. folks, never don't say expect die. anything anytime soon. No,
1: but I have just guested on Petros' uh, Capola podcast.
0: Oh, very nice. Man, very I nice. ripped you two bucks to pieces. Oh, I'm you know, sure. So I have no doubt. No, no doubt. no doubt.
1: didn't mention you both but uh yeah so just guesses on that but my podcast is pretty much i just don't have the fucking time i'm always working on i'm I'm watching all these bruce willis movies
2: <laughs> yeah, i wish petros would get me and scott on there so we could talk about mandy since no one will discuss that film with me ever so would, I've, I've reached out to him
0: yet. 100 times for it he just is
2: too well I'd, I'd happily discuss it but you, you know, well yeah you and cage has got what 19 movies coming out this year i'm sure he's real big. at least 19 yeah. At least 19 this year. I yeah. In the next, picture in in like, the
0: next two months, I believe. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Petros is somehow in all of them. You know what? He's oh, going to be he's... in one eventually. That's what's going to happen. He's going to be in the background. That's what this is all about. Son of a bitch. Anyways, we're not going to give him any more time. He doesn't give us enough time. Fuck off, Petros. Back <laughs> to your hole, sir. Back to your cage. Oh. Oh. Now, we're jumping into Kill Bill Vine 2. If I'm not mistaken, I know this is Sean's favorite movie, and this used to be you know, when we first talked about this a year ago, uh, Stephen, when you were on the Kill Bill Volume 1 episode and then uh, you, were on, you were on yeah, the Bible studies. I just Bible said that studies. to get on your show. I didn't yeah. mean anything. You like, this is my favorite movie, it. and it's changed. Then. So, what? <laughs> Where does Kill Bill Volume 2 rank for you between the two films, Stephen? You like it better than one, or is two your favorite? Which one, if you had to pick? I know... You prefer to watch them both, but if someone said you can only watch one, which one would you keep and which one would you get rid of?
1: Well, yeah, that is a very, that's a difficult question, but oh, I'd have to go with part, well, I, I've, you're making me choose this. I'm making so you would, choose. I'm going to say part one. Okay. But that's, that's a fair. mean
0: thing to ask me. <laughs> that's I, I'm this so is church. Say that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, you know.
0: You're going to yeah, get molested I, I, I in would, this church some way. This is just audibly molestation.
1: Yeah, this is not a, this is not a diss to part two. I just love part one. That's just, that's a, you know, the difference is minimal, but part one just slightly wins out for me because, because I think it crams so many styles in the one film. It says so much going on in that one film, I think. You know, as we, you know, we'll get into this, that part two has just got that kind of more leisurely pace, so to speak. Just as intense, ultimately. But yeah, so the energy the vibe, the different stuff, you know, the anime. Certainly, this I think uh, the soundtrack's negligible, really. The two, you know, go hand in hand. It's so difficult when you... Because you are apparently, supposedly, dealing with one film here. Although I paid for two. So, (laughs) you know, uh, that's two movies as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) But, yes, that's a very tough question. But part one, just narrowly heads out in front for me.
0: Mr. Wheeler, your feelings. If you had to keep one and you had to get rid of the other, which are you keeping?
2: Shit. Yeah, this isn't the environment to request this of me, Scott. I can't answer that. <laughs> They're Son. one film. It's one film, 2 blue Blu-rays for me, so um Ooh. I couldn't get rid of either one.
0: Different camp. So Mr. Mr. Smith believes it's two films because he had to pay for two tickets. <laughs> yeah. I would have paid double to get them all together, yeah. Oh. <laughs>
1: I want the whole bloody affair. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But if I pay for two movies, I got two fucking movies.
0: <laughs> as I've well stated, I believe it's one film. However, however, I'm a whore, as I've also stated, and <laughs> yeah, I will use both films. I will get as much out of both of them as Tarantino did. So fuck it, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend. Uh, to me, it's one film, but I will gladly have two different episodes for it. Yeah. It's a good segue because prior to uh, us recording this, probably a, couple, a week or so ago, it was announced that Mr. Tarantino himself is going to have his hands in on the transfer to 4K for both of these films. Why the fuck are we not getting it as the whole bloody affair? Or do you think that's some kind of hidden special feature that he's not going to let us know about? Like, it'll be some special box set where instead of just buying the two, you'll actually get a third
2: for $300. They would have announced it because the fanfare that they got just over the 4K announcement,
0: it would have been double that if it was the other. So... Why are we not getting it? Why... Uh. why what is with the blue balls? What? What is this man's <laughs> obsession with fucking blue balls? He has it already... He had it edited years ago. Sally Menke had to go back and re-edit the fucking film into two. A they had it filmed. I have a beautiful It's been, it's been shown, hasn't it? No, yeah, he's right? shown it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. it's, It lives. It's not a fake. It's a real thing. Can I just say,
1: maybe look, I think among the hardcore fans, the whole bloody affair is a big deal. But I don't think it is a big deal, ultimately. No. No? So I don't know if he's trying to create and mythology, too.
0: I understand that. But for those of us who have been sitting around for this long with him, yeah, the ones who will go them. no matter what he makes, yeah. that motherfucker yeah. should pay homage to us for being here for him for 30 fucking well, years. Because you know, he so doesn't, have he doesn't have a podcast. He doesn't have this other show without us. He's he just needs to remember that. Mythology. I don't think well, I'll, I'll gladly, when I see him, if ever, remind him you are who you are because <laughs> of us. Those of us who defend I'm you to my the life. death. You I'm better fucking no, pay I, us back, or we will hateful hate you, mean bastards. God, you must hang. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm saying, pass it along. Oh, that escalated quickly. Get it out there. It's crazy well, because you know what? Also, it is. I read inside. a thing on uh, him this week where, well, because there's no good journalism anymore because no one has the balls to ask him a question. But he was asked about, you know, because of the movie coming out, and he goes, "You know what you're gonna do?" He goes, "Well, maybe, you know, maybe I'll do a TV series. Maybe you'll do a TV series, cocksucker. This is the TV series." You're making it into a movie. I now know this for a fact. There's no doubt in my mind. The movie critic was the TV series. He's turned it into a movie. He doesn't write that fast. This is what he says. And then he's coming up, maybe I'll make a TV series. Oh, fuck you. Maybe you'll make a TV series. November, you had your dick out of New York City jerking off all over us talking about a TV series. And now it's like, well, maybe I'll make one. It's almost off.
1: as if you've only just learned that he just talks shit
0: all of the time. No, I've always known it. But I've also said on here. Well, that he's why a, are you so big, fucking surprised? He me. needs to be held his feet to the fire, too You are going to call he him. He needs a his feet held to the fire. I think he is a sizeable <laughs> why He needs his feet held to the fire, just like he does everybody else. Just but, like he does listen, everybody else. Listen,
1: he talks a lot of shit, and you fucking took the bait. Took debate yeah, the
0: entire yeah. nation took debate in November. Now everyone forgets he no, said they that they didn't. They're
1: like, no, they didn't. No, the only well, people Raw who didn't was Joe maybe, Blow. But, you know, we Joe all know.
0: Joeblow.com
1: didn't give a, a fuck about it. Well, if you go, well, yeah, because <laughs> they, they knew they, they were smart enough to know he talks. So shit everyone all the time. ran with it.
0: They ran with it in November, and then and he they looked with stupid this new because thing because in March because we all knew he talks shit all the time. And now he pretends he doesn't know what he's about. My problem is this my problem is that no one has asked him the question. No one's asking. Hey, what happened to the TV series? It's as if it's, he's unapproachable. It's you can't ask as if him questions. They don't care. It's well, almost. I think it's as, as if, if I think it's care. as if they're too scared to ask him. Like he's never going to allow them to talk to him again. Oh, I don't think so. I think so. Do you? Yeah, I do. Really? I think he, he. He. Have you watched him videos? He gets very hissy fit when people. He'll walk off an interview. He does get a very. I've only seen him walk off one. Yeah, he's pretty hissy fitted when nah, he doesn't get his way. Um, no, I, look at why would I be why would I talk like, shit about the I'm that? Shutting your butt down? That's what Come he on. says. Yeah,
1: he, yeah, and that was to the British idiot. And
2: Fucking he came, <laughs> he came back, so yeah. of course I, he I did th-
1: see this is what I'm saying. There's
2: so many. Um,
1: Scott's air- got a bug up his ass about this whole thing. Yeah, I just, just want
0: someone to hold his feet to the fire like he does everyone else. That's all I'm asking. Ask how him the question. How do you know somebody hasn't asked
2: him and it just hasn't been reported on yet? Because if he's gonna announce that he's doing another movie during the thing, nobody's gonna give a shit about the TV series he may or may not be doing. But every one of those question answer things, like there's like a hundred questions he get at that he gets asked, and it's always one news bit. So whatever's the biggest shit is, you know, maybe people good have asked him and it's not being reported. That's a good yet.
0: point. Good point. You may have a good point there, but we need to start leaking. Is that take any your hostility down any? Oh, I'm not, I just look. I just want to be. I want him to be held <laughs> I'm so accountable. I'm seeing
1: little beads of sweat. That's all I'm
0: saying. I <laughs> want to be held accountable. All right. And this is also okay. so that all those people out there say, we just suck his dick. You can eat my asshole now. Because I don't suck his dick. You can eat my ass. Hey, whoa, the dick. whoa. And the peanuts out of know. it. That's dick what I'll suck, say. cock suck. And this is getting all a bit. All right. Out of, out of this, is the, what, this is a Tarantino. What are you talking about? If we're not cock suck, um, motherfucker. If someone's was, about to get shot in the face, what are we doing? Hey, here? okay hey. over here. Speaking Jesus. of pop shots, let's move on to the questions. That was oh. a little loud foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Let's go. (laughs) All right, Mr. fucking Smith, you piece of shit. We already know your answer here, but do you consider Kill Bill to be one film, or are they two separate films? Until we
1: get the whole bloody affair, which I'll gladly pay for again. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it's two movies. They were sold to me as two movies. They came out a year apart. It's two fucking movies. Kill Bill and Kill Bill Part 2. Which part of that don't you people understand? If that's one movie, Mr. Tarantino owes me 15 fucking bucks.
2: He can afford it. He can.
1: Well, where's my fucking money? No. <laughs> it's like
2: the Salt Look. Park episode where they're trying to get the money back from Mel Gibson. <laughs> Give me my money.
1: I don't be talking shit about Mel Gibson. Anyway.
2: He'd <laughs> yeah, probably show up at <laughs> anyway. <to> my house.
1: <laughs> yeah, he probably would. Yeah. No, I just say it's two movies because it, it, until the whole bloody affair is released, that's,
0: you know, it's two films. It's the way it is. Mr. Wheeler. Your rebuttal. I consider it one,
2: one film, two Blu rays. Actually, I have three Blu rays because I do have a bootleg copy of a very nice 1080p of the Whole Bloody Affair, which is glorious. Well,
1: early for you. I know, right? <laughs> but
2: I. <laughs> I understand why they split it up because can you imagine? I don't think this movie would have like the impact it did if people had to sit through four hours of it. It would be one of his most hated films because of it. People would still be bitching about it. Look at Grindhouse, yeah, true. fucking amazing, and people bitched about it because it was three and a three and a half hours. So especially after I watched people walk out during Grindhouse, I was like, God, I'm glad he split up Kill Bill because no one would be talking about it. It would be forgotten. It mm. would have done. It would have been a f- uh, failure for him in the theaters. I think
1: they knew that.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the true. Weinstein's were smart about something. <laughs> Fuck, well, unfortunately, no.
1: unfortunately, they were smart about a lot of things. But
2: let's not go there.
1: Business-wise,
0: they knew movies. They knew they knew cinema as far as back then. To start, I give them that. Other than that, they're just pieces of shit, but... No, absolutely. Like, yeah, without we, it, we don't have Tarantino, so there, there's, you know... Well,
1: there's no Lord of the Rings. There's no a lot of there's things. A, yeah, there
0: is. I, no, I know. It's, it's like, you know, when you yeah, like it's Michael a Jackson's movie. Yeah, a very you like complex. Michael Jackson's music, but you know he was a fucking pedophile. You're kind of like, ah.
1: I'm in the fortunate position of thinking his music sucked, too, so I don't
0: sweet christ almighty god you're old all right old man you're old Fuck who that. do you I feel around,
1: i was around the fucking time i'm sorry Stop for that. being around listen and listen i'm
0: sorry you, listen. he wasn't bowie michael jackson on.
1: was a fucking pedo uh... fucking free freakazoid wasn't it
0: prince won that dude <laughs> <laughs> who do you right. feel was the bride's toughest opponent in these films mr smith
1: well just just from the uh i would say el driver
0: I think it's a damn good battle. It's a damn good fight down there. Tough
1: battle. I mean, Vanita Green. To me, it feels like obviously Vanita Green and um, El Driver. There's there's some serious blows being thrown there. I think El Driver just edges it. So yeah, I would say L Driver was the toughest opponent,
2: Mister Wheeler. I think after seeing that deleted scene from Volume Two, that Bill would have been if he'd have gotten up and not sat down and fucked around with her with the all the stuff I think there would have been one hell of a fight there. But beyond her, uh Gogo, like there's a couple times where Gogo, it's like holy shit, like I think Gogo could have gotten her if it wasn't you know, one little move and even O Ren a few times. So yeah, crazy eighty eight too. If they would have worked together instead of just standing around like a bunch of dumb fucks, but you know, because they're just standing there while she's getting ready to kick ass and she's beheading people, and they're like, whoa! If they would have all worked together, they would have they would have probably killed her. But I think Bill would have probably kicked the shit out of her if he would have gotten up off the table and actually fought her.
0: But you, Scott, I would have gone with uh the person who came the closest to killing her was Gogo, in the, in the films. So I would have picked Go because she was the closest. To actually yep. ending her life, no well, one else came that close. One board on the floor is all it took. Yeah, So, yeah. so Gogo almost got her, but the, I mean, the, the, really, well, Vernita. I mean, Vernita's not shooting through candy through fucking it, cereal. She kills it, you know what I mean? Well, so, so did Bud there's Bud a lot of was. great stuff. Bud was well, that? I think close too. Oh yeah, Bud was yeah. No, I mean they all. I mean anyone. Anyway, that I mean, you know, that's was what wet. I was going to Yeah, there's, there's a lot of them, but yeah. That's I, the whole but, point. Is he's yeah.
2: completely? He would yeah. have taken a hose to that water. She would have been get or to that soil. Right. She would have been getting out. What is that? Is that water? What the fuck?
0: (laughs) So this was my favorite question to come up with. And this has just been germinating from basically spending an entire month talking about Kill Bill. And I'll ask you first, Steve. If there was a third volume of Kill Bill, is it more likely that Elle recruits Vernita's daughter to exact revenge on the bride for murdering her mother or Bibi to get revenge for the bride murdering her father? Given that Elle would have been Bibi's surrogate mother while the bride was in a coma and would have spent a significant amount of time with her and Bill. Considering also that as girls get older and they get a little bit of, uh, anyone has a daughter, I have one, the mother-daughter relationship gets very fractured in the teenage years. So, considering that, where would you take it? Do you think we're getting, is it Vernita's daughter, Nikki, that's coming after? Or does BB get turned a la Darth Vader style?
1: I'm going to say it's Vernita Green's daughter. She goes under Al's wing and... I think when, when, when we discussed this back... We did.
0: Yeah, 59th birthday I, I, I
1: celebration. Kinda, yeah, I kind of stand by that, I think. It's all good and well that BB was taken under, you know, L's wing back then. But,
2: but We don't know that for sure, though. We don't, A, well, no, we don't A, know we, for sure, well, but no, we A, can we we assume. Don't, A, he could have been fucking that. the French girl the whole time, and L's just hanging out making drinks <laughs> yeah. for him.
1: I mean, yeah, but I... It's heavily implied
2: that he was banging the, the girl that gets her arm and leg cut off, or whatever the fuck, she all cuts off. Um, it's heavily
1: but implied. but I, uh, That's a possibility, but I think the bond between Elle and her daughter is so strong because let's not forget Bill tried to f- did shoot her in the fucking head. So I think I stand by the story we concocted.
0: Oh, <laughs> it's a good story, <laughs> there's no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Which
1: was basically, you know, like, we, like you've pointed out that Vanita Green's daughter teams up with Elle. But then I think B.B. and the daughter, Vanita Green's daughter team up together because... I think there's there's a whole possibility there's a whole lot you know there's a whole lot of possibilities but I don't ever want to see I don't want to see Kill Bill free. What I'm saying is I'm glad Tarantino has decided to do the movie critic because I think Kill Bill ends just fine as it does.
0: It allows us to have the thing that we yeah, all no, love to no, do as I movie fans that. is I, to have the conversation. Yeah, absolutely,
1: yep. no, I like that though. Mm-hmm. I like that we can do this and we can yeah. have our little like you know Sean can come up. I'm sure he could come up with an amazing story too that I haven't even thought about neither of us have thought about. And, you know, we'll always have that. And that's great, because I think I like I the way it ended. I was happy with how it ended. And I wouldn't really want... I don't need to see more. And I'm glad Tarantino's not doing a, a, a Western as his last movie, you know, because he's done all that. I want to see yeah. him do something new. So I'm glad it ended as it did. But I, I think that would have been Vanity Green's daughter teaming up with Elle.
2: Mr. Wheeler. Um, I don't ever like the I think it'd be Vernita's daughter as well. I don't think the other could ever happen. Um I think and once she gets older that kid of all kids coming from who she's come from, once it's laid out and explained exactly what happened, she's going to understand it and probably go along with the mom. But I also don't think that L will ever be able to train. L could barely beat the bride in the movie. Like we don't really know because it ended so quick and everything, but mm-hmm. all the training is gone. Bill's dead, Pai Mae's dead. Everybody that trained Elle, and she could barely do it. So who the fuck's gonna train this kid to come and fuck up the bride? Beyond it, you know. So, but you also don't know the bride could ended up moving into a trailer out in the fucking
0: desert and sold their Hanzo sword, <laughs> and, <laughs> bouncing yeah, exactly. a chitty bar. So, all right, gentlemen, and the last question before we dive into these movies, Mister Smith, in your opinion, who is the real villain of Kill Bill? Bill, because he tried to kill the bride and her unborn child, or the bride, because she ghosted Bill and made him believe the love of his life had been killed, only to find out that she'd run off and was marrying another man whom he believed she'd gotten pregnant with. Who's the real villain in this story? Bill. I mean,
1: she, you know, the bride goes on the run or whatever because to protect the child. That's what this is all about. This is the the dilemma, the moral dilemma she's faced with. He may, of course, yeah, Bill's the father of the child, but the father of the child is a murderous psychopath. So I would totally understand a woman wanting to eradicate all that from her life to protect her unborn child. There's no question to me that Bill is the, you know, the villain of the piece, the bad guy, the ultimate bad person of the film. And everyone out, and he sent everyone, you know, he's got them all ready and he sends them there to kill us. I mean, he does, as far as he's concerned, you know, he took care of her by putting a fucking bullet in her head. <laughs> so he took care of her, not by buying a house and building a playroom for a child.
2: <laughs> Mr. Wheeler. Uh, I think Bill is really controlling and that she saw that and just thought it would be easier for her to disappear. But I also see Bill's side of it as well. And absolute, I love his, I overreacted explanation of it. Like the best explanation for <laughs> flipping out a relationship I've ever heard. Um, the two have such cool screen chemistry too that at first you're like, there's no way that these two are an item. And then you see them together and it like clicks. Like there's this romance part of volume two that is not in part one that is just so cool. And I, I'm, I always wondered what other endings Tarantino might have toyed with, you know, like where they didn't try to kill each other and stuff. I see the arguments for both sides after watching the films as many times as I have. But I see where Bill really wants no further harm to befall Beatrix after he shoots her. After the realization that it's his baby, it's such an interesting character arc that most don't pick up on. During your first couple viewings and now as many times as I've seen it, you start noticing that he's like, no, don't kill her. We we owe her better than that and all this. And I think he was hoping that she could just forget about the past upon seeing her daughter. But he also, I think, knew that they would never trust each other again. And like it gets Chris Rock was talking about the OJ murders and something like, you know, I'm not <laughs> saying that I would have killed her, but I understand <laughs> you know like i, I yeah. get it yeah but um the bride is also running on fuel throughout the entire film that he shot her and killed that baby and she was obviously visibly pregnant in the chapel scene and they beat her and then allowed her to be shot and everything and they're supposed to be friends and you know thicker than thieves and everything so she gets the revenge on all of them and it's him especially based off from that even though the daughter's still alive so i, I think it's a 50 50 thing as is any problems in any relationships, it's always going to be 50-50. Anybody who says differently is full of sh- horse shit.
1: Apparently, that's always my, been my fault. <laughs>
0: Never Stop watching finished. movies, Steven. I can just imagine. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the two things is, is when he does shoot her, as he pulls the trigger, she says, it's your baby. I think that does help him not kill her. I think he does not hit her dead on on purpose. I do think he may have tried to put her down, but I don't think he tried to kill her. I mean, he was going to kill her, but when she says it, I think he pulls his shot a bit. From that moment that makes, on, he knows it's his It doesn't make much difference. <laughs> it makes a difference to him because in the moment he's going to kill her, he thinks that she has Regardless, left him. he shoots. He has no idea why.
1: <laughs> it's- but, he didn't but again, you're, you're looking right at it from the there. fact that
0: you're looking at it from the fact that she, he that you're assuming that he knew she was pregnant. He had no idea if she was pregnant, and when he finds out she's pregnant, he thinks it's Tommy Plimpton's kid. So why does he give two shits about someone else's kid that's not his? It's when she utters those words, just as about to shoot her, that changes everything. Which is why he then yeah. gets the baby, which I'm still not how he gets that. that out of the hospital. But we don't get into that. And then the other thing is when they're talking, who is the only one drinking before they they cross swords? He is. He is. And he gets himself drunk because he knows that the only way she can beat him is if he is drunk. He knows that someone's got to die. And he literally sacrifices himself. He's going to give it his best shot. He's going to try to kill her. But he knows that the only way that she can best him, even if she doesn't realize it, is he has to drink and get himself numb. So that if he does kill her, he doesn't have to feel it. And if she gets him, so be it. Just some things to think about. Just some things to think about. Base your opinions. I
1: I don't buy any
0: of that. That's fine, you're a fucking idiot anyways. Yeah well
2: Well, you only see Wrong Scott, wrong
0: show. Wrong show. I um
2: Last time I watched uh, it too, like I noticed like he isn't, you don't see, there's no shots of him calling up Vernita Green or, you know, he goes to Bud because Bud is his brother yeah. to warn and that's it. The other ones, you know, I, I I highly doubt maybe Vernita got a phone call or something, but that's it. No, but he I
0: do Maybe. She looks surprised as fuck when yeah, she's at the exactly. door. <laughs> but they also,
2: I, I'm sure that with the criminal underworld that it had gotten around by now that somebody killed a whole fuckload of people and the, you know, the Yakuza leader... So it had to have gotten back to her, but they don't know who did it. And then, oh shit, well, now I know who did it. But you
0: don't know because he leaves so much up to the...
2: Imagination in these two movies.
0: This is what I, this is what I love about our even just our conversation right here and the questions.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the, and I, that's
0: the joy. Of and it. If, if those of you listening don't listen to the cheeky bastards, Steve and I have a really different relationship. We bust each other's balls and we're shown all the time. So the three of us are always busting each other's balls. So I don't want anyone to think I'm just heckling or hounding my no. fucking <laughs> guests out of the fucking blue, just beating them down like I'm fucking Bill over here.
2: <laughs> no, and normally you only have like one or two guests on, and like when you were like, hey, anybody want to talk about Kill? bill i was like i do but that thriller movie is so fucking heavy i don't want to be on there alone with it steve would you like to come on and he's like absolutely absolutely i would come
0: like, yeah, well you're not he may one. have we'll get into that later <laughs> <laughs> ding, oh. ding. he's like All i right. watched I- it three times this week <laughs> <laughs> i'm prepared <laughs> The time has come to find out if Quentin Tarantino is a cinematic genius who has put his own spin on the references he's cherry-picked from some of his favorite films that have influenced his career. Or if he's, as his detractors say, a talentless hack who has blatantly ripped off moments from those films and claimed them as his own. This month's suspect is Kill Bill, Volume 2. Let the investigation begin. Our first film is the 1968 French revenge film, The Bride Wore Black, from Mr. Truffaut. It's time to call Our First Witness. (music) Our First Witness is the 1968 French revenge film, The Bride Wore Black, based on a novel of the same name by William Irish, written by Francois Truffaut and Jean-Louis Richard, and directed by Francois Truffaut starring Jean Moreau, Michel Bouquet, Jean-Claude Briel, Claude Riche, Charles Denner, Michel Lansdale and Serge Rousseau made on a budget of $747,000 and grossing $9.6 at the box office, with an IMDb rating of 7.2 and an 84 critics and 80 audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. After a botched attempt to put an end to her miserable existence, an emotionally scarred and irreparably destroyed widow summons up the strength to embark upon a devilish mission of revenge against the men responsible for her husband's murder. Now taking the witness stand, The Bride Wore Black. This was my first time seeing it. I'd heard a lot about it. Originally, we were going to do Navajo Joe. That was the original tent. But as I researched it more, really, Navajo Joe has really only two minor film references and mostly soundtrack references. So I didn't feel like the right move. I'd heard a lot about The Bride wore Black. We'd heard all about it. And I thought, you know what? we're jumping in with the Bride wore Black. We'll replace it from Navajo. We weren't moving thriller. Even even a thriller has and I have only a couple of references, but it was it had to be watched. If Tarantino we'll, we'll get into what Tarantino's called it, it had to be watched. You know what it is? It's one of those films still that you cannot find unless you own it. It doesn't stream anywhere and it's one of those like it's like back in the day That's like when you're, like a friend of yours was like, "I got this porno or something." You're like, "I got to watch this movie." It's one of those like Legendary films that you have to watch because it's just so, it's been so hidden for so long and so under discussed. But not today. Today, we're gonna pop the top off of it and we're gonna discuss it. Well, that bull's dating. Now, here's the irony of this film this film received hostile criticism upon its release in France, and even Truffaut himself admitted years later to not liking this film. He was basically trying to do his version of a Hitchcock film. And we're going to discuss whether he was able to do that or not. And we'll add this caveat in right before we talk about it. In an interview back in 2003 in August with Tomohiro Machiyama, Tarantino said that he has never seen this film. He said he heard about it, but never saw it. When he was told about the list being filled out, he didn't realize a similar scene was in this film as his. We're going to get into that in a minute, whether we believe him or not. Gentlemen, Steve, is this the first time you've seen this film, or had you seen it before?
1: This is the first time I'd seen it.
0: I'd heard about it, do you
1: know what, actually, not in relation to Kill Bill, though. No. Oh, it's okay. just a film I'd read about in various film books, etc. Um, so, first time viewing for me, and I was going to point out, like, you already have, really, about Truffaut's sort of bad mm-hmm. the movie himself. We'll, I'm sure we'll get into that a bit further, but yeah, so... First time viewing for me, and I didn't know it was had been
0: mentioned alongside Kill Bill. Your knee-jerk reaction. Did you enjoy it or not enjoy it?
1: Do you know what? I found it a little bit bland. I mean, quirky to a point, but just a little bit laborious and sort of bland. I wasn't impressed. Didn't hate it, but I wasn't
0: overly impressed. Mr. Wheeler, first time viewing and uh, your knee-jerk reaction to it.
2: First time and last time. Um, I hated it. Two snaps down with a twist. Um, I fucking wow. hated the movie. As a matter of fact, if anyone wants to reach out, I have a brand new Kino Lorber Blu-ray that's only been watched one time <laughs> with a slipcover for sale. If anyone's interested in it, <laughs> and I will not ship to the UK. <laughs> can I say? <laughs> Limey. Can
1: I? Also, can I also say I too have a brand new Blu-ray from Radiance, from Radiance Films, a new label in the UK. And I will put their email.
0: You can find.
2: You know, just go, f- go, to, their, go to their fucking email. Go to their DM. It's in I'll the. Pay for uh, the,
0: it's in the show notes.
1: <laughs> oh, i it to
0: didn't God. hate it, but. I didn't hate it either. But I also understand exactly what you're saying. But I feel, and Steve, you and I have had this conversation, and even you and I, Sean, I feel this gives credence to the yeah. the ability of Tarantino to write. Right? What Tarantino is able to do in his films is make through lines, makes the story make sense, the revenge makes sense. This makes zero fucking sense why there's any revenge. Even the reason for the revenge, as you get into it, you're like, that's why this bitch has gotta get revenge. Like, there is zero through line to this. So if people want to say that Tarantino steals or tries to emulate people, Truffaut is trying to emulate Hitchcock and fails miserably. Yep. Because As Steve and I argued about on Catch 44 on our Dropping a bruise, if you don't know how to write... You will not emulate the person you're trying to emulate. And in that movie, that gentleman was trying to emulate a Tarantino film. Basically, Pulp Fiction doesn't do a great job of it. And Truffaut does not do a great job of emulating Hitchcock in this film. And his writing is just, it's all over the fucking place. Like, there doesn't make any sense. Like, the movie starts off with topless photos. And I thought, only in France do they open a film with the replication of a woman topless for whatever it's going to be. And I thought, I said to myself, this is going to be... Something. This is going to lead to something. We never return to these photos, why these photos are being replicated, who's replicating them. We know they're the lead. We eventually figure that out. If I could figure it out, it looks like someone took a picture of her painting on the wall, maybe, but it looked real in real life. So it's a very, like, those photos just open the film. And they're like, there you go. We we had money. <laughs> I get 60s, it. I man. get it. But like, it's just, it just kind of like, wait a minute. Like even in a Hitchcock film, if you've got top, like if this is going to be the start of your film, it's going to lead to something. There's a reason that this opens the film. You don't just throw this in there for nothing. I mean, it's not even an exploitation film. You know, like it just opens up with like, here you go. And makes no fucking sense. I thought for sure we're coming back to this. Like, there's no doubt in my mind, these photos are somehow the genesis of how, you know, the the, the husband gets killed and all this other stuff. It, nope. Makes, don't, doesn't matter. It doesn't mean a thing. It's just, hey, you want to see some titties? Here's titties for the first three and a half minutes of the fucking movie so we can run our credits over it. Artistic and someone get away. Yeah, oh, oh, artistically. That's French, yeah. sorry. Yes, oh, of course, yes. Not uh, Italian. Uh, you know. It's not sleazy Italians, that's the French. I think that's just a way for French people to get away with being fucking perverts. Oh, it's French. It was done in, you know, very Art Nouveau style. No, you're fucking showing tits because you want to show tits. I don't mm. care if they're in black and white. I don't care if you've got clowns painted on them, you fucking pieces of shit. You just want to show some tits. Don't lie to me.
1: Yeah, I was just, um, it's hard to say disappointed with it because I didn't really know what to expect. Me either. But for it to have these kind of boutique Blu-ray labels... Given it such reverence and stuff, I must say I expected a little bit more. Agreed. Actually, I'm not overly familiar with Truefo's work. Again, like I said, I didn't know what to expect. A revenge movie, you know, that's kind of like—I mean, because she's fairly stone-faced throughout. Mm-hmm. You know, the bride, as you know, as we'll call her. Um, but that, that like, the, when they show the when they show the guys committing the crime, <laughs> it was all a bit farcical and a bit.
0: Yes, agreed. It did not feel like, because we get those flashbacks of him being shot as they're coming out of just getting married. Correct, yeah. so Come out of a chapel, and at least three or four times she flashes back to him being shot. And you think, this is an assassination. Yep. Like, there's some reason that this man has been assassinated, and now she's getting revenge. But something stupid. Yeah, fucking it's fucking ridiculously like stupid.
1: It's like an yeah. accident. It's like someone accidentally got shot with a BB gun.
0: It doesn't even make sense why they would even be doing what they're doing with the gun in the first place, though. Exactly. Like, it makes I, no the... sense. They're playing cards, and they grab a gun, and then they pretend they're going to shoot the fucking weather vane crow or chicken on the fucking top. And then one fuckwad slides down and accidentally shoots him. Like, good shot, though. <laughs> I mean, for, yeah. for being a fuckwad, he gets him dead set in the heart, and that's game over. I know what you
2: did last summer has a better setup <laughs> for... For the revenge, <laughs> that was that was
1: cruel, man. <laughs> it's fucking true. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> Honestly, Scream had a better fucking setup for the revenge than this thing did. Even though yeah. they were bumbling fuckwads, <laughs> better setup for that, than, than that. Sleeping with my dad. Exactly, yeah. exactly. that <laughs> makes more sense. Like my whole family fell apart because of her. It's like oh, that makes sense. I see why
2: you're upset. Well, I'm I'm trying to figure out like because they're supposedly on like this hunting party, but they're downtown France. In well, some, they're in the
0: city.
1: In yeah, a, they're in some city in a with guns with a, loaded.
0: They're not really criminals. Are they? no. They're just drinking buddies. I actually thought well, how this was going to happen is they were going to each take turns shooting the weather vane crow or whatever, and one fuck ass was going to be too drunk and fall, and that's how they shot him or just got crazy and shot him. Like, it makes no sense why there's even the start and even the beginning of the movie. After we get titties on film. The bride tries to kill herself in the lamest attempt at suicide ever. And listen, I'm not making fun of suicide or that suicide is good. But this is a movie we're going to talk about. This woman, after she's lost her husband, and we really don't know that right off the bat, she tries to run through an open window. Her elderly mother, who looks like she's 109, stops her. I'm sorry. If you really want to go out that window, grandma baked beans there is not holding you back. So in a complete 180 turnaround from I need to end my miserable life to, you know what? (laughs) Thank you for saving me, mom. I'm leaving town and I'm killing these fuckers who are responsible. Again, do we ever find out how she knows who they are? Does anyone ever remember in the film how she figures out the five men that were in that room? I was was
1: thinking about that myself, actually. I was a little bit like,
2: but how does she... Because of the subtitles, I don't think so. Like, there's just, there's so much lost and... I was telling Scott we recorded the Kill Bill Hymnal before this mm-hmm. and we were talking about it a little bit and because it's in French and the only way that I could get it is with the subtitles. They talk so fucking fast. I think I lost half of the story in it because of how blah 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 blah. blah. Well, I can tell I, you
0: there's no way that the, there's nothing was said. So unless there was yeah. something cut out and we miss it and there's a director's cut or something, like there's nothing that says because she does make a dialogue says, It took me a while to find you. How? What? What'd you go to the like the only thing I can well, think of in a missing is, is the, she must have gone to the hotel and checked the registry for the day. That's the only logical way. Back then, she could have found out who the five men were is to go to the hotel registry book and find out who was in what room. It's the only way.
2: I know that's what you want for this film, but even if they explained it in a two-minute scene, it wouldn't have saved this lump of shit.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm not, that's, that's not the missing piece that suddenly takes this into an the Oscar slap category. The in the face of no. Alfred Hitchcock
2: is what this movie oh, is.
0: absolutely it is. <laughs> this this is to Alfred Hitchcock which, what Catch-44 was the Pulp Fiction. <laughs>
2: and anyone, like, I, I read that like the fan base for this film was like 50-50, and the 50 that love it are ravenous about it. Fight me on it. I don't care. The movie is horrible. It's boring, <laughs> slowly paced. Half the kills are completely unbelievable. The the thing where she puts the guy under the steps. Oh. I could, the guy, that guy. That's one of my like notes, I, too.
0: I could have kicked through that fucking door like a mule. Yeah. Okay? Death and by he doctorate. has the space. The great thing is, is what Hollywood has done for years is they always hide, like hide a flaw in its script or its story by a line of dialogue. And they set you up for that when he says, when I she comes move. downstairs from putting the boy to sleep, which apparently in France... As long as you say you're somebody and you act straight through, people believe you who are, you are. And she comes down to putting the boy to sleep. And for reasons we don't understand, the husband that she's going to eventually kill says, oh, he could sleep through a tornado or whatever. So it's like, OK, so now we know why he's not waking up while this guy's pounding on the door. it just seems so ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. But I still can't get over the fact that all of a sudden she was like, I'm going to commit suicide. No, I'm going on a path of revenge. It was such a quick turn on a dime. It was like, wow, one attempt. And now, again, I'm not making light of suicide, but if you're that distraught. And I mean, she could have gone out that window. I don't know why. she was almost like she waited for her mom to be at the door to save her. But she had one attempt. She said, nope, we're going on a revenge trip. And then we go on a revenge trip.
1: Yeah, I think, I think what we can ultimately, the conclusion we can come to here is that Scott owes us about $25 each. Yeah, fuck you. For buying this fucking movie. <laughs> No,
0: Scott never once said you should go out and buy special edition Blu-rays. You two magooks decided that this is gonna be one of those videos in my collection and you fucking spent the money. I signed up for a free viewing on Amazon for 7 Day Trial. Canceled the trial. Spent zero money you do a fucking more. Yeah, but you wouldn't sign right? up
1: to you wouldn't sign up to Shadow to get revenge though. you I, fucking you're right.
0: I won't because I'll forget and I'll be
2: paying fifteen a month. I owned a copy of Navajo Joe, dude. <laughs> hey,
0: yeah, yes, me too. Look, you look, fucking joy. Listen. Now my problem. You two figure it out. All right? uh, yeah, but, yeah. Wait, now we this know is the guy who, who has a, a hard drive full of stolen films over here? Yeah, <laughs> you we know fucking, what's going on. Here? You, you think we get don't this know one? what you're up to? You yeah. fucking piece of shit. But yeah, yeah, I, I I I, all... yeah, I've got residuals from True Frost. Right, we're black.
1: Fucking, <laughs> you work for Koch Media or whatever it is. Fucking Kino Lawman. But listen, yeah. So, yeah, I just found it all a bit. Irrelevant, yes. really. Sort of like mm-hmm. who these guys were, who she is. There's no mystery. There's no, no, not really any mystery to it. It's just like, yeah, we get that you're killing the guys who shot your husband.
0: But only one of them shot him. The and other was ones just happened to be there accidentally. And, and it was there. an accident. Yes. So it's not like. She's the villain of this film. She's a psycho. She has a psychotic break and goes on a murderous rampage of killing because she thinks she's entitled to kill these guys who did nothing to her. In all honesty, yeah. it was an accident. They probably... with one guy, you know, obviously they don't want to ruin the reputation. But one fuckass ass he, who ends up being the piece of shit of all the five of them, as we find out. I mean, they're all somewhat deplorable, but that doesn't give it reason for them to be killed. They're not, not deplorable no, enough. No. They're just... They're just fucking skirt chasers in 19 the late 60s. I mean, it's well, I was,
1: well, I was quite worried about all this. You see, when I watched it, I thought, man, I don't even. I really don't like this movie. And I thought I was going to come on here. <laughs> you two were going to, you know, you perhaps love it, and I'm going to be like, oh no, I'm that guy. But I'm probably still that guy, but...
0: I didn't hate it because... What I love about it is, like I'm saying, it, I think it just brings credence. So if anyone says, oh, he stole this or that, he ripped... Like, I saw one review where someone said, this is the movie that Tarantino ripped off for... Fuck you. Ripped it off. You fuck... What did he rip off? A 2 wishes he was as good as Tarantino. Fucking get the fuck out of here. Rip what off? There's nothing to rip off. The bride doesn't well, try what? to commit suicide by jumping half ass, jumping out a window. Chacon
2: <laughs> was actually considered like one of the great French
0: directors with some of his other. Now, he may very well, but his problem was he got out of, as Steve likes to say, he's out of his depth trying to become Hitchcock. He's yeah, not going to well, be listen, Hitchcock. If,
1: if, if, if Jean Pierre Melville would have directed this, would be saying, we'd be having a very different conversation. It would, it would be the bee's knees. But this has kind of put me off the guard. This made me question if I <laughs> like Close Encounters of the Third Kind as much as so I used to, because he's a star of that. True was in um, Close
0: Encounters, so... Yeah, but he didn't direct it, so there you go. Yeah, no, that's the only <laughs> yes, reason. There's the key, that's the key. That's the only reason. Because it was in the hands of a real craftsman. Hey. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, so... Hey, uh, he he went and blamed,
2: like, his cinematographer for the movie looking the way it does and, like, the woman looks... Well, I mean, because it's his
0: first time in color, he said. This was his first of color the, film. Do you
1: know what? The look of the movie is the least of this film's problems.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, exactly. a star... She's just, like,
2: the whole movie, she looks like she's half asleep. Um, you, neither one of you can argue with that. No, like she, no. no she just well, is. No. She's like murder
0: go- machine, but there's no reason for us to believe she's a murder you know machine. What, the,
1: the, the thing is, though, I agree with you, Sean, but what I would say is, had her husband been brutally slain by these psychopaths, you could kind of maybe, you've got this stone-faced robotic killer woman who's gone on this psychotic spree, you'd kind of excuse it a bit more. But because it's such an irreverent kind of odd situation, Herbert, hey, that doesn't gel with, you know, the, the narrative of the film. It's kind of weird. You know, because if she was like a female Terminator, just going to kill all these psychos yeah. who murdered her husband, may, maybe you'd see it a little bit differently. Maybe not, though. But in this case, you're right. That doesn't work. It just doesn't work. So, yeah, I'm just glad I... I wasn't the only one who didn't like it.
0: She shouldn't be stone-faced because technically how she is trying to trap these men is by using her sexuality, which she's as cold as a fucking Mormon woman in this fucking film. When the second guy, the poor second I mean, the first two guys, the first guy's just... Thinks he's a ladies' man, and he's maybe a bit of a douche hitting on a lady mm-hmm. at his r- engagement party. I get that, but he doesn't deserve to be pushed off a fucking balcony. So, which was one of the no, we, look. It's nineteen sixty-eight. Well, no, it's look, it's listen, not normal. It's it was a shit, bad.
1: It is hard to shit on this movie because it's just so. Because it's just it's not badly made. No, it's just it just doesn't have any. It's just plot. It's just to the it. very plot, the plot, and the kind of the way that like the way that a husband was killed. Doesn't warrant what happens next, yeah. And you can say, well, perhaps that's the point. Yeah, well, don't do it no. for an hour and forty fucking
2: minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and I watched this after watching Thriller. So after you watch Thriller, I'm oh, like Jesus this... Christ, yeah. Yeah, like this I reversed is re... it. That's not a revenge film. Like Thriller is a revenge film. Yeah,
0: like... no, this is this is a this is a woman going on a murder it's, spree because, because she yeah. <laughs> Oh, Yeah. But like, oh my God. I yeah.
1: get it. That's fair In enough though. Five years difference. Going... Look yeah. where we yeah.
0: jump. <laughs> like
1: Yeah, exactly. But yeah, absolutely.
2: Very Post-Manson well. murders, I guess, is what you Yeah, say. good
0: point, good point. But Vietnam, so, yeah. There's like,
1: nothing wrong with this movie being about a woman on a psychotic. No,
0: but you can't, but don't sell it as revenge because it's really not revenge. You know what no, I mean? Like, it's sold as a no. revenge flick kind of thing. Of course. Yeah, She's yeah, no. wearing black through the whole
2: fucking movie, so that's, right there, is just false advertising. She's wearing white through half the fucking scenes.
0: So, yeah. Yeah,
1: so, I mean, she Bullshit. was a bride and... There's a sheet of paper in it, ultimately. Well, I yeah, I'll get to
0: the the, the influence. <laughs> oh, no, a just few like, influences. Yeah, I'm I know just, what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I'm just exactly.
1: Like, That's a bit
0: thin. Yeah. That's a bit thin. The only part I enjoyed, well, not only part. I mean, there were some, some moments like, oh, all right, you know, for 1968. I also put my mind in, this is 1968. This is not fucking 2028 coming up, right? This is 1968. Things are a little bit different. I did enjoy the fact where we didn't kill the one guy who actually murdered her husband. He gets arrested. Then she decides to get herself, again, a very strange, very strange fucking way to get herself arrested. But she gets herself arrested so she can then go and finish him off. I enjoyed that little angle of how she was going to finally finish her revenge. And I like the fact that once the revenge was done... Similar to almost Kill Bill. It was, that was it. We didn't. We didn't. Once we hear him scream down the hallway. Yeah,
1: we don't. We don't stick we, we,
0: We're done. We're out. And I think the, on my version of the rented one, the tr- the end credits are fifty eight seconds long. I was like, all right, thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. At least, at, least, at least we spent all our time on the film and yeah, now with the extra credits yeah. here.
1: Definitely, I'm I said, I'm one and done on that.
0: I won't be. Agreed. Agreed. Not something
1: I'll revisit.
0: No. No.
1: Because not, there's just nothing memorable about it.
0: The only way I would revisit is if I was brought on in the, to a lecture and show the difference when people say, here's why you're wrong about saying Tarantino steals, <laughs> and I could show this film. Let's look at this film. Let's look at this guy trying to be fucking Hitchcock. And then now let's go look at the Tarantino films. You tell me who's better at, it's like uh, my friend uh, Elwood, let's say, scrapbooking. Fucking this clown over here, Truffaut, is French fuck or fucking Tarantino over here. <laughs> well, it, this movie made me appreciate Hitchcock a hell of a lot more, and I'll tell you that. Oh, God, yes. When people, like Steve and I have always bagged on this, but when people say it's just fucking easy to do, it's not. It's fucking not. And, I, and like you said, Steve, I think Truffaut is a well-respected director. I mean, I've, no, I've heard the name many times. So outside of this film, he may have other really good movies that he's, you know, well respected in France and probably well respected around the world. But sometimes you fucking fall on your face when you're out of your depth, as Steve likes to say. And he's out of his depth on this. He cannot be Hitchcock. And people can't be Tarantino. And that's that's the point I'm trying to make is people say things are easy. They're not. We're watching it with our own eyeballs how hard it really is for people to emulate other things that they've seen and make it amazing or their own. So well and
2: like Just an example for anybody that hasn't seen this. So there's like, I think, five kills during this whole movie of the guys that she goes and kills. The one that we spend the most time with is the most boring of all of it. And then when she finally kills him, it doesn't even happen on screen. Yeah. I think her last two kills don't happen
0: on screen. The first three
2: do. And, like, I would have, the payoff for the arrow, you know, on the artist would have been great, but you spend so much time with this fucking boring person, and then she kills him off screen, and they come in, and, oh, God, he's got an arrow sticking out of him. And she killed him in one shot, even though she's never shot an arrow before. All this bullshit. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, she hasn't trained nothing, you know? (laughs) There's no training involved. She's not, like, you know,
0: whatever. The, the movie sucked. and the sad thing is, is our lead is the boringest character. These gentlemen yes. were actually more entertaining. Even the well, painter, yeah, he was anime, fucking a creeper. Quite, yeah. Even the first yeah. guy gets pushed off the balcony. He was, I mean, they had he had a good bandit with his buddy. Like they were more entertaining than this broad was. The fucking and police yeah. chief is better than she. <laughs> is. Yeah, well, so, I would. The bottom line for
1: me is, had they murdered her husband?
0: Yes. Had it been an assassination like the trailer makes it out to be.
1: Yeah, Yeah. well, had had this been about the murder of her husband and her going to get revenge, I might be saying things a little bit differently, but the very fact that it was kind of a, a mishap, you know, it just makes it all a little bit, like why is this such a big fucking deal? I'm not, you know. saying, I'm not saying her husband dying isn't, someone's husband dying isn't a big deal. I just mean, the way this is all unfolding, it's as if like, yeah, like they were a bunch of psychopaths who murdered her husband on their, on their wedding day because they were all jealous ex-lovers or something. And then she went and killed them all. Alright, yeah, maybe there's something there then. But this is just like, a gun fell over, a bullet shot out, ricocheted and hit her, her husband on their wedding day. That's literally, I mean, that's not what happened, <laughs> but it's
0: literally what happened. It's literally what happened.
1: Yeah, so... It then becomes a little and she's doing this plotting and scheming to track them down and kill them. She's not even doing she's not even murdering them in the most imaginative ways possible. That no. you could get with. That's why you that's why you do what you do. That's why you do these things. That's why you do these revenge movies. Yeah. <laughs> this is just someone who doesn't understand revenge movies. No.
0: Cause kill one is we push a gun off a balcony. Maybe the most brutal of the deaths. May, that may be the most brutal. Yeah. Number two. She poisons a guy Who I felt really bad for He's living this Like really shitty life He just is hoping To get a girlfriend He really likes her He shouldn't She's a fucking cunt Him the entire time That she's supposedly You know Beguiling him With her ways Like Either the Frenchmen Are really easily uh, Amused by women Just if they talk to them Or They got this all wrong The third one The guy apparently Suffocates under the stairs In the same kind of closet That fucking Harry Potter Lived in Fuck off (laughs) That's not how air works (laughs) <laughs> Get the fuck out of here Just because him. you put fucking <laughs> duct tape over the doors Doesn't stop air from flowing in yeah. It's not a vacuum if, under there Fucking idiots so That's I the mean, third if one. If he's
1: trying to deconstruct the revenge movie And deglamorize it And show it what it really is I'd give him that But I don't think that's what he's trying to <laughs> do especially, trying not to. Ni- especially not in 1968 no. So I just think he just made a, a dull movie And one thing a yeah. movie should never be is
0: boring. Or by Michael Bay. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> let it go, man. Just fucking let it go. And now it's time to present the evidence. So we're going to jump into the very minimal influences now, and we'll debate if we think Tarantino's full of shit or not on this. Number one. Our first one is this movie's bride, like Kill Bill's, makes a list with five names on it that she needs to kill. I'm having a hard time believing that Tarantino didn't, if he didn't see it, didn't know about that. Maybe maybe there is a happy accident that this is just fucking pure coincidence that he came up with something and holy shit someone else did. I mean, as they say there's nothing new under the sun, it's there's a possibility that he could have. But given mm. the general uh, of the movie, it's really hard to buy that. The man says it, but I'm having a hard time swallowing that as the 100% truth on this your feelings on this gentleman
2: i agreed with you until she puts the question mark on the one name and the question mark almost matches the one that was in the, the credits at the end of kill bill volume two so oh i th- i
0: think i think he definitely somehow was inspired by this some way well i don't i, don't, I think he's full of
2: shit in my opinion or a second unit person came up with the list and filmed that part you know and some, yeah something and
0: they saw it and but, yeah, or maybe he saw the movie when he was young and doesn't remember it. You know, That's that's possible because what he was born in nineteen sixty or whatever it is, so he's five Could've to eight. Well, yeah, he could have not not remembered it, and just it's just one of those things that stuck in his mind. Didn't know that was the movie. That's Possibly. perfectly perfectly possible.
2: Other than that, there's a bride getting revenge that wrote a a, a list on a plane. There's nothing else yep. in this that I mean, there was a foot shot at the beginning first. First, one of the first shots is her walking, and it's right on her feet. And I'm like, oh, God, we're on. And then nothing else for like 45 minutes. <laughs> you do minutes. see her
1: feet again at the end when she's posing for the artist. Of course, you noticed it. <laughs> I was jerking off to it at the time. Of course I know. It was, oh, sorry, are we still
0: on? <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know. I think that's a pretty flimsy thing. So
0: it's you're a... saying it's flimsy his comment or that he wasn't inspired to have the list?
1: The whole thing. Do you know what? I, it's kind of like both things, really. I mean, that's that's not something... He may have... I mean, I'm sure there's more than one movie where someone's gone to kill a bunch of people and they wrote it down on a sheet of paper.
0: I get it, but it being a bride looking like, for revenge. Billy I Billy mean, Madison. Jesus Christ, that's huge. Billy, <laughs> folks, Billy Madison is the actual genesis. Yeah, there you go. We should have and watched Billy Madison. You I've, never As seen
1: that. <laughs> I've never seen it, so I can't say, but... What? Yeah, I don't... I don't know. Um You should yeah. buy
2: that Blu-ray with the money you get from selling this one. <laughs> I'll
1: fucking do it. I'm sure that's a better movie. And I am like <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. I mean, yeah, I, I get it. There's a yeah, the bride. Mm-hmm. But she's you know, but she's killing the guys who killed her husband. So the reasoning
0: isn't there, is it? Just the fact that she's... Again, it, a lot of the things is he takes, just, he takes just, things and he adds them. You know, he finds his own use of them. But much like uh, when I did uh, the Pulp Fiction one, we talked about the case, the, the light. That I comes from a movie, but the word, di- it's
1: different. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll just... It's flimsy. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he didn't watch The Bride War Black and doesn't want to give credit to it. I'm sure I've heard him talk shit about Truffaut, though. <laughs> But anyway...
0: <laughs> Who doesn't he talk shit about? Well,
1: he... Um, yeah, so I'm just like, it's flimsy, but possible that, yeah, he, he thought it was a good idea to have the names written on a piece of paper because he saw that movie. I'm not sure I'd buy it. But I don't give a fuck
0: because I don't <laughs> like the movie and I do
1: like his. Number two.
0: My second one is basically in the same vein. Uh, the basic plot structure of a bride going on a journey of revenge. It's there. I do not believe it's coincidence. I don't believe any of it's coincidence. However, however, this is all just our opinion. Uh, This is just circumstance. If he says he didn't, then fuck it, he didn't. Who am I? I wasn't there. But there's a lot of evidence that points that he at one point had to have seen this film or may have misremembered that he saw this film and thought this was something else. But I believe that.
1: I think he's misremembered it because he talks ad nauseum about films that that have influenced him and films, things that he's referencing. So I don't think he'd lie about it. I just but think he. he
2: uh, yeah, he always admits it. Like, where yeah. they say, well, that shot is from this movie. He's like, you right? really? I just
0: think he misremembered. That's it. I mean, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not saying he's yeah. intentionally being a, like a. No, no, no. Because I, in that interview, he goes through, like, the guy in, asked him, and he goes through all this. It's like, no, I, yeah, I, I this. It's like, no I, yeah, I saw this. So again, like I'm saying, I'm not saying he's being an asshole. I'm, I'm like, agree. oh, how dare yeah, you? Because it would yeah, be no, weird. Hey, there's 20 references, but reference 21, he's like, no, how dare you insinuate that I would have seen that shot? Number three. And our last one. This may be something more to what Sean said. So I'm going to give Sean a little credit. This this may be how this falls in. Since this movie was broken into two parts. The third thing I saw was, as you said, the question mark next to the fifth man's name. His name was delvo He's the glass guy and she eventually kills him. So that question mark goes away because she would eventually kill him. But she puts a question mark. We get the question mark on L at the end credits of the second song and when they go to the black and white. What you said may very well be true. Maybe he had this interview in 03 in August. The movie comes out in September. He has this one come out in uh, April of 2004. There's a very good chance in the ending process he's seen the film since. Like the fact that there was a question mark on that. Having heard that this movie and I believe maybe. Maybe that or some, or Sally Menke had seen it and said, hey, why don't we do this just like this happened in there? Because that question mark, I mean, as soon as you see it written in the book, anyone who's seen both movies, you got to go, this has got to be one, this is one amazing happy fucking accident. For these two things to happen in a similar everything, like, it's very coincidental that there's a question mark in Truffaut's film, and then suddenly there's a question mark in the end credits of Kill Bill Volume Four. Take that as you may, folks, but that's what we've got. Just three. Thank God, just three. And now it's time to read the verdict. So, gentlemen, I'll ask this, and I think we know the answer, so I'll ask it quickly. Was Mr. Tarantino inspired by this film, or did he blatantly rip it off, or just reference it maybe very faintly that he forgot about? I think none of the above. None I, of I, the
2: above? I, he probably didn't see it. I, I didn't even know about it until you brought it up.
1: Yeah, I, I'd, never, I'd never heard it mentioned, although I, I knew the name of the film. I'd read about it. But I think, um, yeah, I don't think he's seen it. And I think the whole, to go back to the question mark thing, I think someone may have just said that would be a good idea, just like in Bride Wore Black. And he was like, The Bride, the good idea, yeah. He may have seen it afterwards, I don't yeah, know. It's yeah, a he, t- may, t- he may t- have t- seen t- t- it since, but I don't think that was the intention of Kill Bill. I hope he
2: didn't watch it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he could have been I mean, writing You're writing forgetting, it, this is his real in, in the, in the this is hour and nine he was watching that,
1: he could have been writing.
0: Yeah, this is, but this is, his, this is the era for him. So where films for us that when we were younger we liked and may not have stood the test of time, for him, this could have been one of the, you know, again, if he does or didn't see it, it's one of those those time frames where for him, it's always going to have a soft spot because they're the films of his childhood. So whether they're good when you get to become an adult, that's a whole different story. But, you know, you always have that soft spot for them because of what they meant to you when you were a kid. So that's all I'd say. In the case of The Bride Wore Black, we find the defendant not guilty of the crime of being a talentless hack who rips other people's movies off. Our second film, ooh, baby. One member of this is about to sweat. Two of us are about to enjoy watching him sweat and ask him questions while sweating. It's time to call our second witness. We're getting into the Swedish rape revenge exploitation film thriller, A Cruel Picture. Our second witness is the 1973 Swedish rape revenge exploitation film thriller, A Cruel Picture written and directed by Alex Ferdolinsky, starring Christina Lindberg, Heinz Hoff, Despina Tomasani, Per-Axel and Solvig Anderson, with a rating of 6.4 on IMDb and a 56 critics and 64 audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. A young woman rendered mute after a childhood sexual assault is trained to seek violent revenge on those who kidnapped and forced her into prostitution. Now taking the witness stand, thriller a cool picture now we already know that steve has seen this at least 35 times a year <laughs> um he really really likes this movie Whoa. loves it <laughs> now, uh,
1: not to interrupt but i've probably seen the movie six times
0: all right there we go this was my first time seeing it mr Willis this was also your first time I'd read about it for years, but yeah. Well, you sent me the DVD copy almost a year ago. Yeah, I
1: remember you saying <laughs> that then because I bought. It was one of the reasons. Well, no, because I brought up to Scott, and Scott told me that you'd sent him the DVD. The there it is. Card. I got, I got it a right
2: 4K. Here. There was a 4K put out by Vinegar Syndrome in this huge box set that has yeah i that one. The film and stuff in it that I'm like, well, yeah. Kill Bill, you know, like my obsession. You know, I gotta, I gotta see this, and I just gotten that sent to me, so I passed that on while I got the 4K. So yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that, the Synapse one I had at the time that it came out, which was, I'm going to say, probably about 15 to 20 years ago, I'd imagine. Yeah, wow. It was
2: right after Kill Bill came out that it, I think it got Is released. that right? That came yeah. out just after, did it? Yeah. yeah, and I don't know if that version, Scott's got, was it the Swedish version or the... They no, that's, it got
1: all the, that's, all, that's got all the uh, juicy... It's got all in. the good
0: stuff.
2: Yeah. Of all the movies for a 4K scan that they put out, this is the one that they fucking changed. What a
1: time to be alive.
2: Yeah,
0: Kill Bill's not even out in 4K yet. Thriller is.
1: What a time to be alive.
2: Ladies
0: and gentlemen, if you can't hear the difference of who liked what in what movie, then your ears are sadly mistaken. Mr. Smith, I know you enjoyed this film.
1: I fucking love this movie.
0: I know you do. And I know, Mr. Wheeler, you do not like this film. It's not that I dislike it. I think that Steve would
2: watch it sitting on a couch with his mum, and I watched it late at night with all the drapes. Drawn and my hand on the remote in case someone walked in the fucking yeah, house. Yeah, where was your other hand? <laughs> I'd oh, say oh gripping the fucking couch. <laughs>
0: I was a little disappointed because I had it built up in my head it was going to be so much more That's severe. You. Well, because here's why. I heard Steve talk about it, and then from Sean's reaction through Steve telling me like he didn't like it very much, and he was all... I was like, oh. I was like, this has got to be one of the worst films, like, most brutal films I've ever watched. It was surprising for the time frame it came out, Yeah, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I'm not in love with like Steve, and I didn't feel like I had to grip the couch. I enjoyed it. It was, It was a very... Fun watch. There's a lot that this person did with the budget they had that Truffaut could not do with the budget he had. (laughs) This person knew a film they were making, it was gonna be like a B movie, but they were fucking going for it. They went exploitation, they went for it. And that's what I appreciated.
1: Yeah, this is one of the few exploitation movies that exceeds its reputation, I think. So many don't so many don't live up to their reputation. You know, yeah. Over the years, like Sean said he'd read about it for years, I had too. There's so many films I've read about that by the time I get around to seeing them, I'm just quite disappointed. But I really like this movie. I think that's quite surreal and hypnotic. Mm-hmm. No,
2: Absolutely. It's, it's, it's well done. It's not oh, like... Oh, I'm not.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not. It's
2: not um, like when I saw that Sallow, 120 Days of Sodom, where I was just like, what the fuck? You know, or any of the John Waters movies and stuff that I've seen, you know, yeah. since. So, or the Serbian film. If anyone's ever heard or seen that, I'm sure Steve has the 4K of that. You know, <laughs> Yeah.
1: (laughs) Do you know what I actually don't own that, but no, like I was you're right to assume I did.
2: (laughs) The movie that Dude did after this is just I read the the synopsis of it, and I think that the word rape is in the synopsis over a hundred times. Like the I think it's called Breaking Point, and it was also banned. By the time they were done filming this, they thought he was a psychopath, everyone that was on the crew. So yeah, this guy Uh, is I'm glad he only made three movies.
0: Well, Mr. Tarantino has called Thriller the roughest revenge movie ever made. And he recommended that Mrs. Daryl Hannah watch this film to prepare for her role as the one-eyed killer L Driver. Now the other names for this film are They Call Her One Eye, Hooker's Revenge, and Swedish Vice Girl. <laughs> Hooker's Revenge. Oh, great title. All great titles. All great titles, but if you hear them all once, none of them sound like it's the same film. They almost no. sound like a, tr- a trilogy. I really <laughs> like, I really like Swedish <laughs> Vice Girl. <like. laughs> now, it's almost misnamed as a rape revenge. Like there's one rape. And the revenge doesn't come from that rape. Now, I understand that she's then put into the sex trade, but she is paid, so she's Having sex but against she is her, will, her brain on she is, but she's not exactly being raped, you know what I mean? Like, it's like if you say rape, I'm not saying she's having sex that she wants to have with these people. I, I get where we're obviously of that's that, I get it, but when you say rape, revenge, your mind is it's no, awful.
1: we're we're talking about the tropes of a movie, yes, exactly. You are yeah. raped, you get revenge yes. on that, right.
0: Yes, uh, and, but she, he, does she not doesn't have
1: sex that. willingly with anyone.
0: No, no. technically they're no. all rapes. She's not. Yes, will, no, agreed. agreed. No, what but I, know what, I know
1: what you're, I know she's, what she's you're saying. She's been
0: forced into the sex trade, and so she lives there, which the, she leaves on her days off and continues to do other things to train, as we'll talk about, and then goes back. So while she's not maybe having sex, she likes heroin enough that she's willing to have well, sex with someone. Yes, so I heroin. think it, it starts to pass the point of being <laughs> raped to where, like, yeah. But, like, heroin she's, she's very, doing what she has to do to get heroin. Yeah, so she's heroin not really being more, raped anymore.
1: Heroin is very Moorish, my friend.
0: No, I get it. I, what I'm saying is, like, her, it's terrible. She's
1: fucking heroin. She is. She can only get it from this guy, and he's probably.
0: Well, we can debate if she's really hooked in heroin. I, like, that's I guess not she really, is in the film. I get that she is not, in the film. Yeah. but it's, no I, It's not portrayed really great. I'm just saying, like, she seems to, like, miss out on all exporta- those.
1: We are watching an exporta- exploitation movie here.
0: And finally, it's one of those ones where Exploitation movie head
1: on, normal rules do not apply.
0: Fantastic. Oh, no. You know no, no, that. No. You know that. Oh, absolutely. But I'm yeah, just saying, yeah, like, no, the, being... the word rape revenge, I guess, from what I, I thought, I is know. this was going to be like she, you know, like she was, like, tied down to the bed kind of thing and forced. And then one day was able to escape and then came back, got revenge. That was where my mind was really thinking that this was going to go. Here's how but sad it, it is. Been. But it's 50 years ago this movie came out. Yeah, it should have been after credit. the sex secret. trade is just like it, right? We're like, right this, we're still in the same kind of sex trade where you yeah. basically hook somebody on heroin and then they become... The girl that you now pimp out, fucked up. That's still going on. Like the same shit is just keep cycling through. (laughs) Oh dear God. MI five is on its way. (laughs) (laughs) Some sirens, like both movies. One thing I'll say for them, they when they end, they end. You know, when Trofoa's movie ends, all we know is that she got her revenge, she kills the five, the fifth man, and that's that. We don't know and what happens after that. Jail. She's in jail, but she got herself in jail, yep. to so she could kill this last guy. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. what happens after that? We don't know. And when Madeline finishes her rampage of revenge, that's it. We don't know what happens she to her life after on, that. Exactly. Which I can appreciate. Uh, The Swedish sunset, which... I was (laughs) just saying, like, I wish that they would have had an
2: after credit sequence where she's, like, walks in in a bedroom and it's the old man from the beginning of the movie. Would have just tied the whole thing together. But apparently he wasn't thinking that far outside the box.
0: The old man suddenly decides... To rape her as a young girl, and he gets like this black tar comes out of his mouth, and all of a sudden we're supposed to now know that he goes from being well, again why he's with her we don't know we don't we have no reference for why she's even in this guy why well, why she needed of, to walk th- well, a half a mile away to pick up one yellow leaf while well, no, this motherfucker's walking. standing in a pile of them to hand it to him no, <laughs> she's still... just walking
1: out she's just walking out in the woods one day and she bumps into a fucking pedophile
0: you know what I just realized is Steve's wearing the same yellow every time you wear yellow something bad happens to her. Do you notice that? What, what, what? Every time it's she saying, wore yellow, no, she I got raped right I mean, by the old not, man. I mean,
1: that's not that implausible. A, a young, uh, that's, I get it. But, but the black happens, tar coming man. out of
0: his mouth, suddenly that well, makes like him a be rapey. like a nightmare sequence, I don't know. isn't it? I guess I it's like a surreal you're, nightmare sequence. You're supposed to be seeing it through her eyes. Because yeah, I, I get it. I get yeah. it.
1: If you, want re- if you want realism, we get fucking Bride wall Black.
0: That wasn't realism either. Well, exactly.
1: But I'm just saying, you know, this is like a surrealist kind of art exploitation. Well,
0: I'll give her credit. Christina Lindbergh doesn't say a word in the film, but does a no, great she's job. Got a real she Does a great job. A oh, great 100%. Presence.
2: She can't act, though. Like, she's notorious for not being a good actress. So, like, this was, like, her, her but best But I don't goal. think them
1: films require no, that. Exactly. Of- yeah. I mean, she got out of it
2: because they were trying to push her into more stuff. Like, she was doing, like, a sequel to, like, Deep Throat or something and, like, walked off the set because mm-hmm. of how deep they were trying to get her to go. So,
0: Which is weird. I mean, she does spend a significant amount of the time topless and nude. And it is give not her
2: in the other scenes. No, we'll it's not. No, her, so no, no. Just, uh, just get that out of the way now.
0: <laughs> the hardcore porn inserts. Actually, they were yeah. filmed by a traveling couple who traveled around yep. to perform sex acts for audiences. And so they recorded them. And that's what yeah. you got. Which um, the first time is stunning because, as a moviegoer, we've been simulated sex our whole lives. Porn is different. When you're watching porn, there's there's, there's really no storyline. Even though the '80s and '70s really tried to move in a story, there's no storyline to porn most of the time. You know, especially nowadays, it's just let's get it on. It's everyone's a stepdaughter or step somebody, and that's what the newborn is. So when you first see it, it is shocking. But yet, I I know Sean may not have liked it. But there was something I admired about the fact that they were willing to, like, go and not be like, ooh, all taboo. Like, this is what yeah. really happens. Well,
1: well, I've said this to you before, that films like this are historically important to cinema, much like Cannibal Holocaust. You know, um, there was a time, believe it or not, when they, had, they put things like hardcore pornography in a movie because it would sell to other territories for more money. Just like in Cannibal Holocaust, there was a time when crazy Italians went into the jungle, (laughs) killed animals and put it on film to blur the lines between what was really, you know, real things happening and the special effects of when they killed the people, you know, all this stuff. Fascinates me because I I read about a lot of this stuff before I got yeah, to see so it. Did I. Yeah, and like you, and like I said earlier, it was sort of like a lot of the times you eventually see these films and they're garbage, but certain films I believe stick with you.
2: Yeah, that was me with *Cannibal Holocaust*, where I got done Absolutely. and it was like, fuck, man, I don't feel good. But God, that was a good fucking movie.
1: That's a great movie. That is a great. That is a great. That's a masterpiece, I think, of Italian cinema. And um, mm-hmm. not to ev- not to everyone. And fair enough. But this film as well, I just think is mesmerizing and fascinating and surreal and i actually think is i mean i've never i must admit i've never seen the softer version why
0: would you want it once you see the harder version there's no need to see the softer version so i did i did watch you did. it what yeah. did you
1: watch again so you watched it twice So you watched, watched the hardcore the regular and the... version
2: and the the shortened version i found it where it was streaming on a site and watched it. And like all the slow-mo stuff at the end of the movie is all sped up normal speed. They cut out a whole ton of it. Obviously, the hardcore porn is cut out. Yeah, stuff like that. Some stuff moved around.
0: So, so it makes the movie now worth watching, then, in my opinion. The reason you watch this, it's an exploitation film. And if it's an exploitation film, I don't know. you want the like, exploitation. It's up,
2: the, it's, up to, it's up to the viewer. I can understand. It's, definitely tamed. it's Americanized. How about that? Well. So
1: obviously, on the 4K, you do get the um, the softer version, I think, yeah?
2: Yeah, it's part of the... It's the second disc. Yeah, yeah. They wanted to be able to sell both, so like you, can yeah, look at the yeah, store and get and You you'll see yeah. a thriller, and then you look. They the call it down one eye. And, yeah, they and, call
1: like, it one eyes. most stores both. don't
2: even know that they have both versions. They don't even know it's the same fucking movie. They don't
1: know what's on. They <laughs> don't know they. Yeah, they
0: don't know what they have.
2: But yeah, do um, you really know what this is like? new? what is it?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, such an unusual film, man. Um, I, I saw it when that Synapse disc came out. It's an odd movie. It's enjoyable, isn't? I guess I wouldn't say. I enjoy it, like, but it's, it's a unique experience, I think. And and you can just fall on one side or the other as to whether um, that tick, you know, it ticks the boxes for you or not, I think.
0: I think the layman viewer won't enjoy it, but I think someone who no. really enjoys cinema and appreciates where cinema comes from and appreciates what the movie is. There's the using of a cadaver to stab her eye out. That is ballsy move. Like, there are things they do in this film that are amazing.
1: Don't get me wrong. I find that hard to watch. Every time
0: that scene I, well, comes you up, you told me about. It, I knew it was coming. Yeah. I've uh, seen. Even, I, I was like, Ugh. yeah,
1: like I say, I've seen the movie five or six times over the years, and whenever that I wince, whenever that scene comes up, I'm.
0: Which is which makes it a good scene, right? Because yeah, so that... goes
1: on for so long, like Sean's doing now. That does really go on for so long. You gotta give the guy credit. He did. It takes him like ten seconds stuff. to
2: get there. It's almost like that scene in um in yeah, the scene in zombie with the zombie pushes the girl's, yes, you know, face to that. Absolutely, um, I'd never really that thought of that actually. Good point. Yeah, it's like. It, comes, it builds so much tension and like i I was discussing with scott like i got a thing with eyeballs and like that's really hard to watch and then when you read that it was a cadaver from someone that had committed suicide that just happened to almost Looks, match yeah, you know yeah. like same colors that's they went and picked out a body and shit
0: and it's like okay dude how far can you push this you know <laughs> but there's there's something about uh, maybe it means i'm sick maybe i am but there's something that as a fan of movies that i love it's that where will you go to make your art Right. Like how far <laughs> will you push it? And the guy knew what he had and what he didn't have. And he goes, how am I going to sell this? People are going to want to see this. This is how I'm going to fucking sell it. it won't and ruin. it works They're, like without it. You, oh, even look, I knew it was coming up and Steve told me and it's still. You no, know, the part that if it would ruins it, that we give away that it's a cadaver because you. Oh, God,
2: yes. Well, even know, Steve told me it was a cadaver. When I first watched it, I didn't know that. And I was watching oh. it. And I'm like, that's one fuck all of a special effect. And yes. then I was reading about it later. And I was like, oh, oh, shit. Like, really?
0: That does make so my So they stomach. actually went and got a dead body? Like I think that it makes it better. I actually you think it makes it better. Like, I love that it's not a special effect. I love the fact that they were like, we're getting a dead body. Well, because and we're you, yeah. you get, the, so You get one go with that. It's one take. Whoever is putting the scalpel in, if you fuck it up, the one take. You can't go to the other yeah. eye, because now you got to switch the eye in the fucking movie. If you yeah, fuck no. up the left well, eye, you, we've got to go to the right eye. You get one shot.
1: You're seeing something you've never seen
0: before. Or since.
1: Or since. You see, and you're seeing... Um, you're seeing things done in a, a, art quite an arty way as well oh absolutely and I I get quite a kick out of um when she's doing her training, and then she gets oh, to use, and then
0: she gets to utilize it as all at the end. Hundred percent. I love that that she keeps going back. It's not just like in America. It's a training montage of lads. a minute, minute and a half, yeah, so and we get the idea. It, like Danny, Danny works on the beach with Mr. Miyagi before he knows he's crane yeah, kicking yeah. motherfuckers doing yeah. tournaments in three minutes. Um, you know, you know and, the,
1: and the pimp guy Tony is. It, is it named Tony the pimp? Tony. Guy? Yeah. Tony, fantastic. The sleaziest sleazy. motherfucker
2: in the history of Sweden that she gets in the car with this plaid suited, sleazy motherfucker after being molested, she hasn't
0: learned to not get in a car with a stranger. I'm glad you said that. Can we also talk real quick? Why did they make the old man who's your dad look like he could be rapey? Like when he I said
1: thought you- that. Yeah, I always think that too. I I, maybe that. there was
0: something that, maybe they changed something, maybe that was going to happen, maybe there was going to be more like he's been raping her since, but it really throws you, like, I, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, like, when he's like, it's like, oh, my God, here we go, he's going to the barn. and he's going to fucking rape her, like, I was like, here's what Steve's talking about, here comes the next rape, and when it didn't happen, and then we know how the movie goes on, and then he they get all... They get distraught that she's left them and thinks they hate her and they have taken their own life or whatever. And then you're like, that was a weird shot. Then they take really kind of changes the mood of the film when you think the old man's a rapey piece of shit, too. And then it turns out that he may not have done anything. And you're like, that was a very strange angle and look that he gave her that we think, oh, he's going to rape her.
1: So, Sean, like, you didn't like, you don't like the film?
2: I don't. Hate it, but I also don't love it. I'm right in the yeah, middle yeah. where it's but, like I'll probably seen, never watch it But you're it the again. only
1: one here. You're the only one here who's seen both versions. Which would you watch again? Just
2: curious. It depends on who's in the house. Like you don't have kids and shit.
0: So if like, it's just that's you, just you, you you have your own theater room. It's Sean's theater room. No one's admitted. You're in there. You're butt naked. You got popcorn and butter. <laughs> Let's backtrack. I, I'm just we're just we're just we're just uh, spitballing. Let's here. backtrack. <laughs> There's no one home. That's just
2: I don't, I don't need to see it again though. Like that's just, I've seen both. You don't versions need to say anything and again. I and we'll No, but anything. I don't want to either. Like, uh, yeah, just, yeah. No, I didn't I'm just, I see all of your points, but I also don't think that I'll ever need to see it again past this podcast where like, I'm not going to have a longing to watch it. Like I may have a longing to watch clerks or something else, you know, as
0: a film fan, someone asked you, Hey Sean, I heard you watched both versions of this film. What would you recommend me to watch as the one I should watch? Should I watch the desensitized version or should I watch the safer version? Depends on the person.
2: If it was you, I would recommend it. Like, if it was.
0: That's a lot about me, but you're fair. Yeah, exactly. It's a very. It's it's a very you're right on the money.
2: Like, I'm like, hey, dude, you need to watch this one and then watch the fucking sequel, too. But. Um... <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I already bloody own it. Um, No, like the other one is just, it's the extremely tamed down version. The other one is more impressive. I mean, even the eye poke thing is kind of is, I don't remember if it's fully cut out or not, but they don't show it like that. It's completely Mm. cut out. So there is stuff in there that's really impressive in the other one. And the other one is just like the Americanized version of it so yeah no i was just i was just curious like um if you're a movie fan i'm gonna recommend the thriller one if you're just like well i just kind of want to see it just once okay well do you have a problem with porn oh maybe okay then watch the they call her one eye uh, if someone
0: has an issue with any of that stuff i wouldn't recommend this film to them at all because i feel like if you don't see thriller why why are you watching this like the point to see thriller is for all the shit that's in this that's, and if that's, you don't want that, then there's no. You then don't watch this movie. That would yeah. be just my the, my personal. Reaction. I was like, hey, I'd be like, look, if you can't handle hardcore porn, some shit goes on in people's eyes, and some of the stuff, then you are not going to want to watch this at all. Safe or so, not? Out of this
2: though, I have a question because as I was watching it. Do you guys think that the second half of the film, the payoff that we're getting even equals the first half of the film? Because I thought that it kind of felt flat a little bit where you're getting, you got all the porn and just overall, you know, fucking overload of violence and stuff that's going on. She's getting beat by the one woman and she gets her eye fucking poked out. And then she just kind of goes and shoots some people and, you know, drives really fast. And then we're actually getting a real actual corpse in one of the scenes. And then we get to the point where she's actually killing the guy that's been drugging her. And she ties that noose thing around his head in with the horse, and then we don't even really awesome. see it. And I'm like, so you could afford one cadaver to poke out an eye, but you couldn't get another one to show it on screen? Because the ending was a huge letdown compared to the rest of the
0: film for me. I think they could not find a way to get that head to rip off. I think that was it. That's what it is. You know what I mean? Well, like you said, if you get a cadaver, you got to hope this horse is gonna yank it hard enough to get it. Basically, the the point is, is it looks like it's stretching his neck so he can get to the food, and then when he stretches enough, it's gonna pop off. Well, how do you, how do you replicate that with a cadaver? I think there's
1: been enough. I think there's been enough cruelty in that in the film. That you don't need to. Like, I want more, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get
0: you. I, I, I hear you. But I... now it makes sense why the guy shows up at the end, which was weird. They shows up to fight or whatever. But now you know why he's wearing the motorcycle jacket and stuff. So when the horse actually is dragging him for real, he's not getting burned and fucked up on that road, that rocked road, because he's got the leather motorcycle jacket that's supposed to at least keep your skin intact if you go falling off your bike at 100 miles an hour.
1: I think... Um... I think what you're saying is subjective. I mean, I I don't I don't think it the second half is weak at all,
2: but that's just my. Well, it's like they kept building and building, and then you get I now you get a good,
1: you get a good. I think you get a good body count, and you
2: yeah, well, she does like go the, for it. I'm saying like the scalpel to the eye now, like as a horror fan, like that's okay. Well, me. you want more Dude.
0: of that stuff? You sick fuck. Is that what you're... <laughs> I'm saying like I'm with you... Sean. I thought we were gonna get the head pop off. I did. But uh, well, in the same respect the other
2: murders that she does. Like I-, I was expecting just craziness through the You, end you of
0: wanted
1: session. them to be bloodier. Maybe I don't know I don't this know is just I'm just what trying I was to expect. I
0: think he made up for it With doing it all in slow-mo I fucking love the fact That it was slow-mo I love that he said Look Just shooting once Is not gonna give Like he said Fuck it I'm gonna do exploitation We're gonna We're gonna just do it And we're gonna Shoot these people into things And I like the fact That they did everything In slow-mo So when you tell me They speed it up Why? It's, it's I... just normal It's normal speed
1: I haven't said that Well everything Sean said Has made me curious To say it though Oh yeah Out it. of
0: curiosity see it. You know, I, like, oh. No,
1: I'm more curious than I was because of what you've said. I'm actually like, oh, maybe I would just like to just have curiosity. Just
0: dabble your toes in the water.
1: Yeah. But, but there's yeah, no
0: I, pop but, shot in this, uh, Steve. So look, I'm just going to let you know. I
1: don't need to watch Frilly. <laughs> the <to watch laughs> Do I? <laughs>
0: There's websites how, for that stuff. How, apparently. Do you, let, talk, how do you feel about that? I know Sean had an issue. How do you, I mean, I don't know. I just do have an
2: issue with it. I'm just not used to it in a normal movie where you're sitting and, like, you're not watching on Golden Pond and Henry Fonda's <laughs> like, guess what? Audrey Hepburn. Like, that would look.
0: I'm you just know. saying Golden Pond would have been a better film. <laughs> Man, just,
2: absolutely. Hey. So, were you asking me?
0: I'm just asking in general. So, for the, those who don't know, the hardcore porn eventually does lead to not just any pop shot. This is 1973. This is an anal pop shot. I don't know if you paid attention to that. Clearly, I was. That was an anal pop shot, an and 4K. I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, I was like, wow. I was like, the Swedes are way more advanced than I mean, clearly than Americans. I mean, we got the guns, but you guys got the pop shots over there in Europe, apparently. Yeah. So well, I'm, I'm I, I think if we have more pop shots. We have less yeah, people the, getting the, murdered over here. My
1: name's Steve from the Cheeky Bosses podcast, and I'm <laughs> sat here with Tip Gore and the PMRC. Who, <laughs> We're quite happy to have guys get their heads blown off, but don't show no pussy shots.
2: And yeah, basically, it's
1: America. i fucking freak uh, out. But I don't know. I mean, it's surprising. I think I've got a couple of movies in my collection.
0: Uh, no, yeah, you do. Seriously, <laughs> well, I got a bunch of more listen.
1: No, listen. I've got a couple of films in my collection where hardcore porn is put into the narrative, and it is fucking freaky as hell. And I love it. And it's just
2: two. Truth. Just I've to... seen two of Lars von Trier movies. Nymphal movies. Uh, uh, Antichrist you know. had it, I think. There's other okay, ones yeah. I've seen. And...
1: No, um, the one I'm I'm talking about exploitation movies, though, I think. I would you know, um mm. I've got obviously Thriller and um a film called Emmanuel in America, which was directed by Joe D'Amato and She goes to an island where girls are disappearing. She's like a journalist. This is a fucked up movie. I mean, we're going off on a bit of a tangent here, but yeah, Emmanuel goes to an island where girls are disappearing, and it turns out they're being used in snuff movies. Now, Joe DeMarta was primarily originally a horror movie director who then moved into, like, soft porn, and then went, just fuck it, full porn. I think that someone fucks a horse, in (laughs) it. And yeah, so what, how, but what happens how do you is because get away with Joe DeMarta was such a great horror movie director and loves his blood and guts, there's fake snuff footage in the movie, but it's done in such a realistic way that you end up with this weird hybrid of hardcore porn and hardcore gore. And this is like early, early to mid-70s too. So again, it's that thing where they're blurring the lines. So you've got real hardcore porn you 've got this fake gore, this ultra realistic too because he knows what he's doing and you're suddenly like freaked out that am I actually watching a snuff movie here because the porn's real is this real? um you know it, there's these surreal times where these films get made and they're gone and gladly fortunately because of places like Vinegar Syndrome and mondo macabro and our all these boutique labels, they're giving them this treatment, you know. This 4K or treatment of special features, audio commentaries, and great liner notes by you know great journalists and stuff. Yep. So,
2: and yet I can't get Adventures of Ford Fairlane on 4K yet.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, oh!
1: Yes, make a valid Dickery, point. Dick we die. Hey, over here!
2: You're here. <laughs> I'm f-
1: sucking my dick.
2: It's That's exactly. It's,
1: it is crazy, yeah. But um, So yeah, there is this weird thing going on now where you're getting to see these films. No one has ever seen these films looking as good as they look now as well. Even the guy directed the fucking movie never saw Thriller a cruel picture looking as good as it does now. <laughs> and that's insane.
0: And the 4K version, did they remove all the fucking hairs in the gate? No, because no. holy they're, they're still... fuck, there's a lot of hairs in the game. Well, no.
1: Yeah, just Hold, the first me. AD yeah.
0: did a shit job of checking the gate.
1: But you don't want to take that stuff out. Anyway. No, 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 no.
0: I agree, but I'm just saying. No, wow. it's there. And no, wow. I get
1: you, but it is there. But you you need it there. It's a this is important. You know, it's the as same anything. argument
2: I've been having about Chainsaw, where they keep putting out the, the new 4Ks of Texas Chainsaw Massacre look immaculate, and I love the fact that it looks immaculate. But I wish they would just do the Grindhouse version of it on the fucking in same disc. Mm, so I that, get that because it deserves. Because some, because some
1: places do that, don't they? They do. Yeah.
2: Uh, I give it to Rodriguez for a weekend. Whatever he did to Planet Terror is what they need to do to that. So,
1: so I think it's an important movie. I think that's an entertaining movie, and it's just a surreal art exploitation porn snuff. Fucked up revenge movie.
2: IKEA catalog. I mean, the IKEA Richard film are just is just fucking spectacular.
1: There's some great fashion.
2: Oh, that chandelier he has! (laughs) I would give my left nut for it.
1: Well, that paper, that white big huge white paper chandelier thing is covering up the screen that you're supposed (laughs) to be watching. Yeah, I that mean, and you...
2: the calendar dates. I love that, the, that his area is beautiful, <laughs> yeah. but then, like, the rooms they're in. Shit. I was laughing at the calendar dates, too. They keep showing that calendar that peels away. And, like, well, they because couldn't... it's supposed to <laughs> be because he says within 10 three days. days later across the bottom of the screen, no. just three days, three days have passed since no, she was yeah. last given heroin. Like, they have to show the calendar dates, and it's like all closed in and shit. I'm like, whatever. That's Tight like, cool. asses uh-huh. with the... This... They'll, they'll go get a real cadaver but can't afford fucking this cinema, is. you know, the, the words across the screen. <laughs>
0: hey, you want
2: a pop different shot? T- you
0: pay for a pop shot, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right? You want to pop hey. an eye, pop a nut? You're going to fucking pay, pal. It's exactly. different, <laughs> different times, man. Different times, you
1: know? That this movie even existed is insane. It's but amazing, the fact yes. I, the fact that I've got it up on my shelf in
0: 4K is just bizarre to me. No, it, it's one of those films that you just have to experience once even if you don't like it, because there's nothing else really like it out there. Yeah. There just really isn't. I don't think
1: you can deny the importance of films like that. Mm-mm. But whether you enjoy them is,
0: I mean... Though, there are going to be people who don't enjoy this because yeah, it's just it's just too much for them. <laughs> but there are people, and I'm not saying it to be sick, but there, if you enjoy film and sometimes you just like seeing something that's different. How about this? If you're a Gen Xer, you're going to like this film. And I'll explain because we're also from the the generation where you could go to the... Local, well, here, you couldn't over there in England. But here in the local video store, you could go rent Faces of Death. Porn you couldn't get. But Faces of Death, you could. And this is pre, you know, pre-YouTube, pre-all this shit. It's faces of Death, you get security cam footage from across the world of people fucking dying that you now get on your Instagram, TikTok, whatever you're watching. But Faces of Death, you know what I'm talking about, Sean. Faces of Death was fucking popular. Popular, popular. Yeah, and two, and three. Yep. Yeah, so. They had a sequel. Yeah, so if you're if you're in that generation, if you're a Gen Xer, this is right up your alley. This is the stuff that we would have clamored for to find, yep. clamored for to find. Absolutely. Absolutely,
2: yeah, yeah. It's just like all those other like I see Steve's like he's got Dawn of the Dead, Martin, all that stuff. It was the first person that rented it, stole it every fucking time, and this would have been in that same group. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah we had gone. a copy.
0: Don't exactly. That guy was willing to pay to fifteen. Go, he has let his parents pay to fifteen dollars. If they ever came back to the video store, <laughs> to never run yeah. another thing. And now it's time to present the evidence. Well, here are the very few influences. And the most obvious one is the eye patch look of L. Driver was taken from this film. Number two, our second one is L's outfit. Matching eye patches are also a definite homage to the ones Madeline wears in this film. She's got quite a few. I was kind of impressed with her. Like she, every oh, outfit had one. the same color. Paint yeah, the yeah. red one. I was like, oh, get. this That's is another cool little. Oh, it awesome! What a nod! What I was little great. Just a little yes. flourish, you
1: know. Just and it, a, it just made an impression on pack. QT.
0: Made a huge impression for him to do it. No. Three And our final one, and again, this is just the basis of it. The rape-revenge in this film definitely helped to plant the seeds of the same aspect Tarantino would lean on for the buck section of Kill Bill. Because that is the only spot where we get some of that rape and some of that revenge from that. I think he leaned in on this. We didn't get a whole lot of rape for anything else for her. It was a little different story. But those would be the three I have. Did I miss any, gentlemen, from this film that you could see? Yeah. Number four. Because he didn't he didn't just tell
2: Daryl Hannah to watch this movie because we're gonna match your outfits and shit. I don't think that was if you watch her demeanor, Christina Lindbergh doesn't smile through this whole movie. She has the mm-hmm. same fucking look on her face in every scene, no matter what she's doing. And if you watch Kill Bill two now, like L Drivers kind of got the same demeanor through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it was the attitude of the movie. And that's half the reason that the movie is so, like, they always say, like, well, what was wrong with the movie? There's nothing, you, just the tone of the fucking film was enough, you know. People that do the ratings here in the U.S. numerous times, they've told, it's just the tone of the film is what's wrong with it. There's nothing you can do. Like, I think Chainsaw Massacre 2 is one of those. No matter what the fuck you cut, you're going to get an X rating because the tone of the film is so crazy. And I think that that attitude, if you look at, watch that movie with that mindset of watching it, Daryl Hannah, it kind of gave me a little bit more respect for the character where I know a lot of people don't like her performance in it, but after seeing this and then kind of seeing where the character was supposed to be, the spirit of the character, you can see it from this film into Kill Bill too. And now it's time to read the verdict.
0: So, gentlemen, after we have watched this pop shot of a movie, was QT inspired by or did he rip it off? Inspired. Inspired. Mr. Smith, is he what the fuck is are we doing we doing yoga? It's tea time. I'm not my fucking, fucking... Sort yourself um, out. No,
1: mate. you
0: did.
1: Like, <laughs> fucking sort it out, son. <laughs> No, I don't think Tarantino ripped it off. Definitely not. But I think obviously he was just hugely inspired, you know, to utilise the sort of fashion sense of uh Christine Lindbergh's character for l Driver. And Sean's right as well when he's when he said about the overall tone and vibe of the character in the film. You know, I do think a lot of it is There's a certain, and I think when you said we were going to do Navajo Joe, you know, the Spaghetti Westerns have got this sort of sadistic sort of edge to them as well. And I think that's what Tarantino was trying to push in Kill Bill, especially part two with the burial of the bride, etc. You know, you got a lot of that in Spaghetti Westerns, people being buried alive up to their necks, like in, well, you know, um, in Thriller, but that's I think I thought that was a reference to Death Rides a Horse, which he used from the soundtrack as well. But in Death Rides a Horse, the main character gets buried up to his neck too. So I just think, yeah, I think um, definitely the influence is the fashion of Christina Lindbergh's character, the stone-faced vibe of Ellen Christina's character, unlike The Bride War black, where you get this kind of stone-faced character, and it doesn't work in this film it does so yeah i would just size a huge influence
0: in the case of thriller a cruel picture we find the defendant not guilty of the crime of being a talentless hack who rips other people's movies off let's ask our guest some fucking questions all right gentlemen let's close this motherfucker out we'll start with mr smith which of these two films that we covered did you enjoy more and which would you recommend to my listeners?
1: Well, I'd certainly recommend Thriller A Cruel Picture over The Bride Black. I would certainly recommend the uncensored version, but see it any way you can, because I think it's probably good. I think it's good enough um, in, in either form, really. I believe the film would stand up without the hardcore inserts and the violence sped up. Although I think the violence... I meant to say this earlier about the the slow motion, because when she shoots the guys and the lady at the restaurant and at the warehouse, that's a certain kind of slow motion that we're used to, that we've seen in a million other movies. There's a scene where she fights the two cops, and it's the slowest slow motion I think I've ever seen. But that seems to me deliberate, because otherwise he would have kept it at the same speed as the other things. And it becomes this, like, surreal, like, violent ballet, almost. Like, he's in love with her. I think the director's probably in love with Christina Lindbergh. And you're just seeing her take out these two cops. And it is so slow. But, again, I think it's a deliberate. So it's an artistic flourish. This is elevated exploitation, you know? So I think you should see the uncut version if you really don't want to sit there watching porn <laughs> and... Corpses having scalpels shoved in their eyeballs. You could probably do a lot worse than the timer version, whereas the Bride wore Black, we've probably talked about it more than it deserves. It's pretty bland and mediocre. So that's, that's my uh,
0: perspective. Mr. Wheeler.
2: I guess if you're a Tarantino fan, the thriller, to see it one time. Just know what you're getting into before going into it, I guess. Like if you didn't know and then you just sat down to watch it with a group of friends and you have the wrong people over. It's (laughs) it's not a bad movie. Like I said, I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's just I'm like I was somewhat prepared for it. And it's not for everybody. That being said, I found The Bride Wore Black incredibly boring. I'm glad that I saw it just for my own like per search my Quentin Tarantino film obsession and as being a part of this peanut gallery of dumb fucks that guest on this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, if you're a fan of bold and reckless cinema, watch Thriller. If you're going to watch it, the, the, they call her one eye. I think it's just in there as a supplemental thing. I recommend the 4K box set. It's gorgeous. Um, it's got Tony Stella art, who I worked with. He did the artwork for the Grand Duel record that I put out. But if you're a fan of slow-building Hitchcock rip films, The Bride War Black can do you no wrong.
0: Now, Mr. Smith, did watching these two films open your eyes to any new references or influences within the Tarantino films?
1: Well, as we talked about earlier, the whole... Um, I think there's something to be said for The Bride War Black, you know, with the main character being a bride getting her revenge, however shaky that revenge is, but that's probably the, I think that but I believe it to be the only other bride film I've seen who goes on to get some revenge, and the notepad thing near eh, you know flimsy, but maybe maybe it was an influence, maybe just someone told him about it, or maybe he had seen it and forgot the movie, but obviously thriller a cruel cool picture we quite possibly wouldn't even know about if it wasn't for Kill Bill. So, yeah, the influence is definitely there, but we can only say that because of Kill Bill.
2: I'm starting to see it show up on lists, like all these... I'm in all these movie groups and people are... I think this this new 4K has helped too, so...
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, but again, maybe maybe you could argue at this point in the proceedings where all these films have been unearthed, it would have come out anyway by now. Yeah. But when it did come out on Synapse, it was... Purely, probably, because of Kill Bill. 100%. I would, I would imagine. So, yeah. yeah, it's definitely an influence on Kill Bill, but we needed Kill Bill to get to see it. So it's kind of like, which came
0: first. Chicken or the egg? yeah. Yeah. Mr. Wheeler, your thoughts? So I like,
2: I kind of went in a different direction with this, I guess, as far as Tarantino goes. I, I kind of see where his sense of depravity comes from, from the films that he watches. Thriller kind of goes right to the edge where most films don't go. There's a few exceptions that we've talked about earlier. I remember when people were talking about how QT was pushing the envelope on violence. He was going too far with the violence in his films. Like, I remember someone telling me, Did you hear he cut off the cop's ear and he had this man raped in a pawn shop basement? And in reality, like 30 years before that, what Tarantino was doing is complete, is nothing compared to what this guy in fucking Sweden was doing. So the movies it, it kind of sees what. Where he came from, a little bit, I guess, because he, uh, he he said he he loves this movie. He loves thriller and has seen it a bunch of times. So it kind of opens up my eyes to see, you know, how even his the fearless attitude like has bled into his other films too. Because he doesn't shy away from violence at all. And this movie, I'm not saying it glorifies it, but it's like front and center. It's the star of the movie even more than she is.
1: Yeah, I think Tarantino does like this kind of movie. He's more into this kind of thing than he is the more art house stuff. He, yeah, he loves like, expectations. Oh yeah. I would absolutely.
2: love nothing more than the next person that comes to me and is like, well, he cut that cop's ear off. Oh, hold on a sec, let me show you something. <laughs> yeah. Like that's nothing. Like here you go. I'd be like the that movie brain scan when they give the fucking principal the the video game at the end of the movie and shit. Like I would love to do that to somebody. Here, go watch this, and just we'll come back and we'll talk. Yeah, <laughs> he's not he's not bad at all.
1: But you know, I think you, you're more likely to get a decent conversation out of Tarantino about you know, Ruggiero Diodato, and Lucio
0: Fulci than you are Truffaut. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. He doesn't
1: seem to talk about those guys as much. This
0: movie shows that exploitation is his thing. Uh,
1: Exploitation, he seems to me, anyway, in the, the countless interviews I've read and watched, podcasts I've listened to, he seems far more enthusiastic about cult movies and exploitation than he does The French New Wave or... Even New York Hollywood. Oh, he does like their movies. I mean, of course he does, of course. Yeah, but no, you're right. If he doesn't, you know, and like we we said this before when we talked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and the clear influence of like Argento on the finale of that, you know, he, you can tell where his passions lie and they do, I think he leans slightly more into exploitation and cult movies and B movies and grindhouse movies, obviously, than he would stuff like, and i know he's not even a big fan of hitchcock
2: yeah well even like the 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 burial scene in kill bill too, that's more he had said it's like f- foolishly completely city of the
1: Living dead yeah yeah
2: it's right where he got the idea from and like he wanted to turn it up and make it the best and he had thought that that was the best well i'm gonna do better same thing he did with death proof you think all these other car chase movies are fucking great wait till you see
0: this shit mm. and he and he does it well he's just stealing that's, I mean, right, Steve? He's just, it's easy. Steals, it's, fucking it's gone easy. In 60 fucking seconds, easy, dude. Jesus. <laughs> All right, our last question. It took a long way to get from two to three. Did your opinion on Tarantino as a writer, director change after watching these films and learning how the sausage is made, so to speak? And if so, in what way? And I know a lot of times when I ask this question, some of these films, it's not, some of me. I think a few people had their opinion changed and were inspired by what happened with uh, Lady Snowblood. But, gentlemen, Steve. What's your opinion?
1: Not really. I mean, I think it just fascinates me all the more what he does with the stuff rather than what he takes from where. Do you know what I mean? So I mean, I'm not I'm gonna talk Thriller Cruel Picture again more than I am the bride or black. But the things he took from Thriller and incorporated into Kill Bill, just like whatever he took from fucking Foxy Brown to put in Jackie Brown or whatever he took from City on Fire to put in Reservoir Dogs, whatever he took from any other movie to put into his own. As we've said before countless times, you know, he doesn't just wholesale take chunks of films and put them in his own. It's not what he does. He's just open about it, you know? So this is the same thing where, okay, I mean, you know, like the L, what, the L driver character and fashion... That's all that came from Thriller A Cool Picture into Kill Bill 2. Primarily. Yeah, Madeline and Elle are
0: not the same person. Madeline no, and Elle are not the same character. No. At
1: all. But how cool is it? Really fun, cool. In, I mean, you know, I mean, even though it's Kill Bill 1, I mean, you know, with Elle Driver when she's got the fucking nurse's uniform with the Red Cross fur eye patch. I mean, even Thriller A Cool Picture wasn't, didn't do that, but it, it's edging towards it with the. Same colour patch Mm -hmm. to the cloven. But, you know, so really, I'll say the same thing I kind of always say is that it's what he does with it, you know. That's kind of like all sermons are the same, but the guy giving the sermon is what makes it unique, yeah? All blues music is the same, you know. you got your muddy waters and your howling wolves, but that's what they, their interpretation, isn't it? And Tarantino's the same. Yeah, everyone takes from everything. They've all been influenced, haven't they? That's their unique spin that makes them the artist they are, because if they're just literally taking chunks of stuff, well, then that's different. That's plagiarism, isn't it? That's different. And that's totally not what he does. So fuck anyone who says that he is.
0: (laughs) Mr.
2: Wheeler. No, not at all. Like, I love seeing all these films that he's supposedly been stealing from, and I never see anything that's like, okay, what the fuck? I always see these minor little things that has influenced him. It's almost like saying like Metallica stole from Black Sabbath because their guitars have distortion on them. Nirvana sounds nothing like the Melvins, but the Melvins were a giant influence on them. I think a lot of these things that people keep calling out are similar to that to that example. He's taking his own original ideas and sprinkling in homages, other ideas, music, references, attitude, words and shots to spice up his own films and show people the cinema that he loves and is expanding their palette at the same time. I mean, how many of us really actually saw Across 110th Street before Jackie Brown or Lady Snowblood before Kill Bill? There's always going to be a few people that have seen it, but for the most part, none of us had. I've experienced way more good cinema that I may have missed because of him and his films. That even when I see direct things like the Gone in 60 Seconds, homage and Kill Bill or the use of the song from Django, it only makes me love, love all these movies even more. You know, once in a while, I'll see shit like the the australian fucking accent that makes me wish like he would have (laughs) just cast somebody else in it And but for the most part like you know i it's it's all the same shit like the metallica thing i just said he's having somebody killed in his movies well you know he's stealing shit here 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 and here and that shot's the same and it's like how many fucking different guitar chords are there before everybody's writing the same shit So, I mean, at least he's doing it with an original voice. And, you know, I think the scrapbooking thing is the perfect way of putting it is he's picking little moments that he loves and he's putting his own making his own ransom letter with random letters is what he's doing. And I have no problem with that. It's what makes him him. And it's making me a more like my whole love of film is
0: greater because of it. And that's a wrap on this month's episode. I would once again like to thank my special guests, Mr. Sean Wheeler, owner of ScareFly Records and co-host of the Splatterhouse Podcast, and Mr. Steve Smith, my Cheeky Bastards Podcast and Dropping a Bruce co-host, for joining me again today. I had a fucking blast investigating whether or not Tarantino referenced or blatantly stole from the movies that influenced the second half of his fourth film, Kill Bill, Volume 2. Now you can find the link to both of my guest podcasts and the socials in their show notes. And as always, you can become a member of the Church of Tarantino by following us on all our socials. Those links can be found in the show notes as well. Now if you would be so kind and take a moment to like, review, subscribe, and follow us, the church would greatly appreciate it. As it will help other fellow Tarantino fans like yourself find the show. So be sure to join me again in two weeks as friend of the church, Sean Wheeler, joins me once again for our monthly hymnal devotional. This time, we're taking a deep dive into the Kill Bill Vibe 2 soundtrack. So until then, I'm the Reverend Scott K. May Tarantino be with you always. This has been A Man with an Exceptional Beard production.